It's Chesty Morgan's Deadly Weapons. I just saw that in the trivia, and I guess that's how I'm starting the episode. Are you looking up anything else about Chesty Morgan? Because I looked up Chesty Morgan during the fucking ep while we were watching it. Oh, well, then maybe we need to wait for that. But I just saw that bit of information as soon as uh, we're coming in. Chesty Morgan's Deadly Weapons. They are deadly. They're fucking humongous. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of tits combined, that's for sure. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Michelle. I'm Sam. And this is Couple of Critics Podcast. Yeah. We are a review podcast where yeah. we share media with each other. Yeah. We talk about it. We're yeah. a couple. And uh, we try yeah. to make you laugh or at least try to be interesting to some extent. We are not. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. I was your backup guy. I was like the... Uh, I'm the yeah guy. Okay. So like whatever you say. You're the hype man? Yeah, I'm the hype man. I'm J.R. Hypeman. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so. Keep uh, talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh. feel, isn't it weird how our <laughs> brains go blank when we're on the spot? No, I was having fun just going, yeah. <laughs> but you, when I put you on the spot, you freaked out. You freaked out. I didn't freak out. I also wasn't giving you anything. I was just going, yeah. Uh, you do all the work, so I can just go, I always yeah. do. I always do. Uh, again, we have no real credentials. We are just people who like media. And this week, unlike most weeks, we did a movie. We, we watched did a movie. And we are going to be reviewing that movie for you. And since the movie episodes are always longer, um, I say we go ahead and get into this review of the John Waters 1999 classic movie. <laughs> I should just call every movie that we love classic, just because to us it's a classic. The movie Serial Mom. 1994. Isn't that what I said? You said 1999. Again. I keep accidentally <laughs> saying that. I don't know why. It's 1994. It falls right into the valley of where we usually hang out on yeah. this podcast. That's why I definitely wanted to bring it up because the 1994 it just doesn't escape us. It turns out to be our year. Like, And we were nine through most of that year. So it's interesting that... Is it's nine... stuff that we weren't necessarily listening to at that time, but we gravitate towards early 90s, early to mid 90s regularly in oh. our music picks. I wouldn't say movies necessarily, but I mean, for me, that was when we grew up in the 90s. We were 90s kids, so that, I guess that makes sense. That that's, that's our wheelhouse. I was going to ask, do you think that eight or nine is when you start to click into like being your own person and start to think like you know what i'm looking at things and i'm trying to assess what i think is cool instead of like up until eight or so maybe you're like what is handed to me i mean kids obviously have their own preferences in like kid shows and stuff but is eight or nine when you start being like whoa that guy's cool or something like that i don't know because that's when i check in like my first memories of thinking stuff is cool is like when vans or no, when Airwalk shoes were real big. Uh, I was like in fourth grade. How old are you in fourth grade? 
Like, that's when I really remember thinking, like, things are cool. It's that time. Yeah, it's like 10. Bam, there it was. So it makes sense. It really does. And I don't know when I first saw this, but I do want to say, because I was curious when I said wheelhouse, isn't it interesting how we say phrases and terms and we don't know what they mean or where they came from? You probably do. (laughs) <laughs> but I I think it's weird because I don't know I didn't know where that came from but I guess it's taken from baseball. A, ba- a batter's wheelhouse is the part of a batter's strike zone in which he or she is most likely to hit a, a home run. Huh. So the phrase was borrowed from baseball. So it's in your wheelhouse. It's within your strike uh, zone prime range. <laughs> I'd say it did out of the park with my. I already forgot what the phrase was. <laughs> In the wheelhouse? In the wheelhouse. I feel like I should do that more often. When I think of a common phrase or if I hear something, I should look it up to see why we say it and what it actually means. I'll never remember. My memory is garbage, but I <laughs> I do like to learn new things, even if I retain nothing. You like the, the in the moment that it's teaching you something. You like the tickle of the brain. You like the... Uh... I do. Going like, oh, look at that. I, I didn't know that. And I just wish I could keep anything in my head. Uh, but again, this is a John Waters movie written and directed. I don't usually, and I've said this on the podcast before, I'm not usually able to see, uh, unless it's like Tarantino or someone who has a very specific style, it's hard for me to really point that out. Like if I see a movie, I'm like, oh, this has to be by this person. I don't usually have that. It's very rare for me to be able to pick up on something like that. Yeah. But a John Waters movie is typically something that I can pick up on. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know if I want to say campy, but it's just. Trashy. <laughs> it's always trashy and obscene, but it just always has this just ridiculous, I, I, maybe because it's satire. So often it yeah. seems like. Especially with the movie Serial Mom, which we are going to be reviewing for you today. Uh, It's total satire. It's true crime satire. Yeah. And we saw just before we watched a short video of John Waters six years ago uh, introducing this movie at some England, uh, British, whatever, film thing. And... uh, I lost what I was going to say. What was I going to say? I think you were going to say that he said it was his favorite film. No, it wasn't. Okay. That part. Well, that's where I was thinking of. Well, he did say that, but um, you yeah, were you were talking about how about. John Waters films you can say you know that they are John Waters films. They have a certain style. Satire. Trashy, how satire. It's typically satire. Um. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. He said that this happened before the OJ situation yeah yeah so he almost kind of saw into the future with this and to so many different things that he did because even now all of a sudden which i mean people have always been into true crime true crime that yeah. was a weird inflection yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it has really ramped up with streaming because people are able to binge and just really get into these long form documentaries and docuseries of true crime based uh, I don't know. I'd say adventures. Adventures? I feel like adventures to me. I definitely, I'm a binger when it comes to stuff like that. I like to jump all in 
and watch as much of like, as, as many episodes as I can while I'm working. I want to bring up two things while I'm thinking of them. Okay, go the on. first one is, do you think binging has a hand in uh, memory retention? Oh, I think it's terrible. Okay. It's horrible. Because, like, you know, back in the day before you could do that, you would see an episode, dwell on it for a week, mm-hmm. then see the new episode. Mm-hmm. Or you maybe see a repeat later in the fucking week when they play it again, like on Saturday evening. And then, but my other question was, you brought up the director's styles, and you know who they are. You said John Waters, and you said... Tarantino. Twenton Tarantino. Uh, are those the only two that like you really think you can peg out and be like, that's a blah, blah, blah film? Maybe Tim Burton, because he, yeah, he a has one. a very... his. I mean, that's the... Th- it's a very because John Waters is more um, like the subject matter or the way. Yeah, it's just gross. It'll be like weird shots or I don't know. He, he it's just the way that he chooses to do it, where for someone like Tim Burton, it's just a very visual Thing. So I think that that's easy. I can only pick up on simple things on simple. And, and Tarantino is 10 minute monologues. <laughs> and there are always feet. Oh, yeah, there are always feet. I forgot about that. Ugh. I was trying to think of a guy who makes movies that I can point out. And I don't know if I can necessarily point. I can point out if this certain producer has had his hand in things. And his name is Michael Bay. Oh, because of explosions? No, it's not even explosions. It's character choices. It's like. It's just like he takes whatever he's working on and boils it down to like what he thinks is the most, what everybody thinks is like what they think. I don't even know how to explain it. Like mm-hmm. he she he just oversimplifies things and then just fucking exploits that part of it. So like any character that he created is just like not dimensional mm-hmm. at all, and is just like, just like oh I fucking hate this guy and like. You never like want anybody to survive or go anywhere that has anything to do with a Michael Bay production. I don't see a lot of those movies. I don't know that I've seen many. You've seen more Michael Bay productions than you know. He's got his hand in a lot of fucking that shit. That would make sense. But uh, uh, you said explosions and stuff. I also might think that that's James Cameron. Because so, that motherfucker likes going all out. Really? Oh, yeah. There wasn't an explosion in the Titanic. I bet there was. It just went... <laughs> when, <laughs> when the boat hit it, and then it went... And then there were pieces of breaking ice that were falling into the side of the boat. And then it, was, it went... <laughs> when it went up into the air on one side, and then it went... Crack! And then I think that's as much uh, action as we got in that movie. And then it went... Again, uh-huh. it did, <laughs> and it does make those sounds. Yeah, how terrifying would that be in real life to be on the end of the Titanic as it went back up in the air, and you're just like, "Here we go, the water keeps coming closer." The thing about that is that you, it's, it seemed at that time you wouldn't have been on amusement park rides. You wouldn't have seen movies like that. It would have been an experience that you wouldn't have been able to equate to anything. No, Ferris wheel, maybe, but they weren't that high. No. (laughs) But probably about equally as fun. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty sure you're going to survive the Ferris wheel one. Yeah, you just might get stuck up in the air for a while. Ferris wheels, (laughs) 
I, I don't. That's what I don't like about them. I'm not really. I don't care, but they're slow. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. because each cart has to be let off, there's so much time when you are just sitting in the air, and I'm afraid of heights. So for me, it's better to just rip the bandaid off and go on a fast roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna be done. Yeah. 90 seconds later. The Ferris wheel boarding and exiting is excruciating. Excruciating. It's like, like I want to ride that Ferris wheel. Better carve out the next 40 minutes of our night (laughs) to ride it once. Horrible. For a three-minute ride. It's not, I don't know. Is it nice up top? And then if you're lucky, you're the guy who gets off on last and off first. Imagine that luck. That would be nice. Yeah. I have boarded first before. (laughs) <laughs> on a Ferris wheel. So it's I wonder if they make my... it a point to then exit you first. I wonder if they like keep an eye on it and they go, okay, the cart three. So cart three goes first. Getting I off. They should. If they were I smart about their carny rules, they would. Carny rules. Yeah. Carny rules. So a brief synopsis of the movie Serial Mom, aside from the fact that it is a satire of a true crime life. Uh, It stars Kathleen Turner. She is the main character. She's fantastic and phenomenal. And she is just the all-American beaver cleaver type mom i mean it's it has like a 50s feel good family tv show style i mean birds are chirping um she serves breakfast to her family multiple courses i mean we're talking there's coffee there's there's orange juice there's toast there's cereal there's fresh fruit cut up a fresh fruit salad she offers to make eggs for anyone I mean, she is, she's been up. She's a fucking psycho. And the house is, <laughs> yeah, yet for some reason there are flies in the house. Which... I I need to, I don't know, I can't move on this fast because it, it makes me irate when they pretend that any family gets up. I even mentioned this during the, we were watching last well, time. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be real. I think it's supposed to be I'm based on I'm not even thinking about this movie. I'm thinking about everything. Of that. Yeah, it's like a made up Does, thing. Has anybody ever grown up? Maybe we're in the minority. Did anybody grow up waking up, sitting at the table with your family in the morning, eating breakfast in a not fast fashion, like they're not rushed. Nobody's ever rushed in the morning. And then they go about their day. Or is everyone else like me? You get up five minutes after you're supposed to be at work. You run around. You're angry for no reason, mostly at yourself because you're late already. And then you don't eat anything until lunch. That's how it goes for normal, right? For everyone else? No, that's you. I'm pretty sure that's everyone else. (laughs) I am familiar with getting up and eating breakfast, but not in a sit-down formal fashion. It would have been like... A bagel or Pop-Tarts or something fast. Not, I think that anyone who would have this sort of upbringing, first of all, the one thing that we're missing that comes along with this household are two parents. (laughs) Two parents, yeah. Growing up with two parents where (laughs) one is the breadwinner and one is the stay-at-home, the housewife. Yeah. And she seems like she very much enjoys being a mom, a wife, and a house lady. 
I just stay at home. And a homemaker. Mop, mop the floor. Yeah, homemaker. That's what it's called. It says here in the IMDb brief synopsis that she's the perfect all-American parent, a great cook and homemaker, a devoted recycler, and a <laughs> woman who will literally kill to keep her children happy. And that's very true. There's something, and I don't know what, it doesn't seem like there's any one specific thing that puts her over the edge. No, no. This... All of a sudden, it's just people around her, her kids, will say, I'm unhappy with this person. Or someone will criticize yeah. her kids. And she, I mean, she takes their lives. Uh, with a smile on her face, looking like a classic 50s mom the entire time. And this is the first time I've ever, I mean, I've seen this movie a good handful of times. But this is the first time I ever noticed, like, is this the descent to madness? Like, we see the break in reality finally? Yeah, or, but there's nothing that looks like a trigger, so I don't no, know what's happening. No, nothing looks like... I, I don't think you're supposed to see the trigger. Or, has she always been like this? Because she's already obviously been in correspondence with Ted Bundy, as we find out later. And is she just now losing the grip on keeping it secret? I think so, because, <laughs> I mean, and this is something that we do find out later, but in describing the movie and talking through it, I think it is... It's interesting to know even if we don't find it out until late, uh, that she is someone who is, like, obsessed with serial killers. She writes serial killers, um, like, love letters, I assume? I think. That's the way it seemed to me. She was getting pictures of, like, Richard Speck with, like, as a bodybuilder. So it yeah. seemed sexual. So it seemed like she was carrying on these fantasy-based relationships with these serial killers for years so this is clearly who she was but it doesn't seem like there was anything that actually <laughs> triggered or that was big enough to make her start killing and i do want to say that this movie <clears throat> the reasoning or the reasons why people decide to kill throughout this movie hilarious hilarious oh yeah it's yeah. all simple silly shit that we all as 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 people have felt which is one thing that i think i really like about this movie is that it would be like someone pulled out in front of you and they like spit and you had to like slam on your brakes and like let's like you're on the interstate and they're driving like an asshole they're weaving you know in and out of people yeah. and you think I hope that person wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> it took every situation that in life you're like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Or I hope they die. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all have those moments where we just get frustrated and we say, like, irrational or feel irrational yeah. things about someone who's just being ridiculous and careless and selfish. And that that's kind of the embodiment of this movie is, you know, uh, I was stood up. On a, I stood up, but my date was canceled. Not even stood up, but just he canceled. Oh, he deserves to die. Like the the mentality is ridiculous. This person took my parking spot. <laughs> she deserves to be tortured. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. It takes the everyday minor annoyances of life that you mutter to yourself, oh, "Kill this son of a bitch," <laughs> and then actually does it. It shows what it would actually be. And, like, really, I can only think of one that's, like... I don't know that I have the I'll kill that son of a bitch so much. 
But I think like the, the oh, aren't you lucky? <laughs> I think for me, it's I think I gave my perfect example, which was driving. You hope that they die. I you hope, don't hope to be the one that takes their life. Yeah, I hope that them being stupid causes them, like, haha, stupid. Now it's all over. I hope to find their throat in my hands as I squeeze the life out and watch it drain from their eyes. No, I just hope that it happens. Close enough to me that I don't have to be like stopped behind it in a traffic jam. <laughs> I can swerve around it and get away. But I'm so sorry. What 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 were you going to say? Is the situation that you think of the most when you're like, oh, I want to kill that person? Is it is it work based, or is it like when someone lies to you? What do you think it is that would trigger you the most that you would think, oh man, I hope that person dies, or I want to kill that person? Pompous stupidity or pompous ignorance. Pompous ignorance. When someone is wrong or has done something wrong and knows it and they are not backing down and they won't admit it and they won't just be a normal human and go, oh, fuck, I messed up. Those are the times I want to smash someone's fucking head in. (laughs) For me, it almost feels like it can't. There's something about pompous that almost cancels out ignorance that it's almost like if you're going to be pompous about it, that I don't even care if you don't know. You're an asshole and you're stupid <laughs> because you're being pompous about something you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think so many people are like that. Everyone has a fucking soapbox on social media, so everyone's ready to be like, my opinion matters, even though I didn't technically do any research. I just saw this blurb. I, I can even cut out opinion-based when there's actual like facts in front of your fucking face and not even political facts, like literally... Oh, yeah. Hey, that's scratched. No, it's not. What do you mean? I'm looking at it right now. It's not. Move it on. But what? We're just ignoring reality? I want to kill you. <laughs> oh, you weird spotted hand motherfucker. Sorry, I got actual personal there on somebody. Well, Bop. that's the thing. That's why I was wondering if work would be based. But yeah, it might be work based. I mean, the only time I don't think I want to kill you, but when I want to get violent, it's literally usually over stupid things. It's like, uh, yeah. it's you often because you're the person who I'm around the most, <laughs> and it's you being a turd. <laughs> well, people have heard that on here. They have, but to them, like I've said, to people who listen. It's probably sounds so one-sided, and I just sound like a raging bitch. And I get it. I'll take it. They just stick a bun. They probably do, because they don't live with you. They're like, God, she worries too much. Because I also talk about things like that being faults of mine, and that you're carefree. Oh, yeah. yeah. I care too much, and you don't care. But, yeah, it irritates me. I don't give a fuck. It definitely comes out way more out of my mouth. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that actually happened last night, and I had to tell myself to not get pissed at you. Well, what was it? <laughs> I want to know, because I obviously was very unaware. <laughs> okay, so we were we went out and had Mexican food, and okay. I had a large margarita, so I had you drive home. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And you, we can we can turn left at an intersection and get home, or we can go straight. <laughs> and you will sit in line behind semis and shit. And just wait until the light turns red when you could, when no one's in the other lane and you can just get on over and go straight. But you will. And I all I said is because you waited and the light went red and I was like, you could have gotten in the other lane and gone straight. And your response was, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And I was just like, 
don't get mad. Don't get There's mad. There's somebody at the don't door. Don't get mad. There is. Are we going to take a pause for a second? Yeah, we're going to take a break here, but I'm going to say real fast. I didn't say that I don't give a fuck that like you were telling me that. I'm just saying I don't care about waiting. I'm fine with just taking it easy. That's why I had to tell myself to not care because I know that it wasn't personal. I know that it was just you being like, I don't give a fuck. But I was just like, oh, man. But I could hear somebody going, I don't give a fuck. And you'd be like, hey. yeah, it's yeah. All right, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You're all racist. The whole thing is about it, the baby being coming out looking dark-skinned. So it's just taking the I other. Know. I know. Yeah, it's funny. I know. One <laughs> negative doesn't fix the other fucking negative. <laughs> it's not negative. Take that. That's who you Someone's are. Someone's going to come at me with math and they're going to say that that's actually not true. It's not even real. You're but not you even real. But you motherfuckers always talking about gingers. This, You're all the freaks with your dark pubes, man. Creepy. Especially when I trim them over the toilet seat so I can flush them down so I don't have to actually manage them. And then they get like <laughs> stuck on the inside and on stuff. Cause I usually, you know, so, so anyway, Travis is going to get a lashing on Facebook too. We are recording. Yeah. Oh we? yeah, we are. <laughs> I figured. And so. now he's getting a tongue lashing on this podcast. As he listens to it. Fuck you, Travis. Are you going to tongue lash his pubes? You're going to tongue lash my butthole next time I see you. You have a hair hanging off of your it's chin, a, and it's driving me crazy. It's Travis's pube. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> First of all, it looks blonde. He mailed some to me in a bag. It's weird. Travis has blonde pubes. Very there's, long blonde pubes. There's no way. So let's listen to this Serial Mom trailer. I never trust that when they're posted by Scream Factory TV that they're legitimate. You know, because sometimes they seem like they're weird synopsis versions of trailers that someone has just montaged together. So we'll I get see. it. We'll see. But here it goes. Life doesn't have to be ugly. Look at the birds out there. Listen to their call. This is the story of Beverly Sutphin. Scramble eggs, anybody? A devoted mother. I'm so happy I could chip. You know how I hate the brown word. A loving wife. Chip. You think the kids are awake? We could be very quiet. I'm ready. Honey, you're hot tonight. And a suspected murderer. Oh, kids, are you doing your homework? How did America's number one mom turn into one of America's most wanted? Is she really guilty? Are you a serial killer? Chip, the only serial I know anything about is Rice Krispies. Is she the only one with a motive? Believe that damn litter bugger. Give her a <laughs> happy face. Or is there someone else? I'm stood up. I'll kill that This jerk. trailer is very Relax John Waters, to too. Oh. You'll never get a boyfriend. Oh, no. oh man. The Problem child. Baltimore suburb. Bad to the bone. Isn't that Keeps thorough good? smaller. Uh, yeah. And George. smaller. Of course. <laughs> it's been a crazy day, hasn't it? Savoy Pictures asks the burning question. Is your wife mental? Is Beverly Sutphin just a sweet suburban housewife? Well, I don't know what it is about today, but I feel great. Cookie? Or is she... Serial Mom. Serial Mom! Serial Mom! Cool. Is she in a band? Kathleen Turner, Sam Waterston, and Ricky Lake. Serial Mom. Every woman wants to be wanted. 
just not for Murder One. <laughs> Murder Beverly, One? Beverly, I've read all about this. Is it menopause? menopause so that was before matthew lillard was worth putting on a trailer because was this would have been early in his career i assume i don't know man oh yeah i don't yeah it's not he's not the polling name he's gonna got sam waterson and uh they didn't mention him once kathy turner kathy turner i don't think she likes to go by kathy turner it's true she prefers when i call her cat cat (laughs) <laughs> this is like some plan that you always have in your back pocket it is, it is yes and it i is. never see it coming <laughs> i feel nauseous right now it's like you kick me in the stomach i don't know what it is is this one of those what it kill me moments <laughs> no i just want to bloody your face right, it's kind of joker style after he stabs that guy with the scissors and beats his face into the okay. wall in front of the little person. Yeah. And it's actually kind of hilarious and extremely frightening at the same time. Intensely violent, but oh. funny at the same time. Oh, yeah. We watched that again for the first time in a long time. And, uh. I'm the Joker. That's what he keeps saying. It's the good. whole movie. He just looks at the camera and goes, I'm the Joker. Beep, 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 beep. Watch me eat makeup. <laughs> Watch me. That was his makeup. main diet. That's why he was so fucking weird. He just hate makeup all the time. All that lead will do that to you, man. There's lead in current makeup? Uh, I don't know. Cur- only that movie was current. Yeah, so it looks like that was his first actual movie role. That's his breakout movie role? This is it, because the only thing he did before this is that he was in a video... Ghoulies go to college? He was a stork? Ghoulies go to college? Like Ghoulies the movie? Like the Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Really? It says Ghoulies 3, maybe? Ghoulies go to college. Uh, He was credited as Matthew Lynn. So he was in a movie before this. Uh, I don't know if it's a technical movie because it just says it's a video. But I don't know if 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 that's what it means. So maybe this was his first theatrical release. I've never seen Ghoulies, but I'm pretty sure it's just about a monster that jumps out of a toilet to eat your butt. He was in Hackers? I don't remember him in that, but I only saw that movie once. Uh, yeah, that movie's horrible. He didn't do... <laughs> he did a handful of things between this and Scream, but I would say that was definitely a big breakout role for him. Scream was huge. Scream was a fucking huge horror movie. It says that he was in Scream 2, uncredited as Guy at Party. Really? They just snuck him in there? I, that's what this says. Huh. Dead Man's Curve. He. It looks like he's done a handful of, like, The Devil's Child. Uh, SLC Punk I've never seen. Really? Huh. Never seen it. I'd like to see Devin Sawa in it. I'd like to see that sort of character. He, Devin Sawa's a nut bar in that movie. Even though he, he was more like a slacker. And Idle Hands. Yeah, definitely a slacker in Idle Hands. He's a... He really likes acid in SLC Punk. Mm, yeah. Um, 13 Ghosts. That was a good Matthew Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. With uh, Monk himself. Oh, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. That is correct. I feel like the last movie that I may have seen with him was like Without a, a, Without a Paddle. And that was 2004. Okay, well, tell me when a Scooby-Doo movie happened. 
The first Scooby-Doo came out 2002. Okay, I saw that one. The second one came out 2004. What's the second one called? Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Uh, if that's on an island, then I've seen it. It looks like it. There's a map. Yeah. In the <laughs> On the cover. Um, Without a Paddle was also 2004. Uh, without a Paddle, who else was in that? That was a... Uh... That, What's his name from that thing you do, right? No, it's Dax Shepard and Seth Green. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who am I thinking of? I'm not sure. That's Without a Paddle. I didn't think Without a Paddle was that bad. I don't remember it. For what it was, I thought that it was uh, better than I expected. Look at Dax Shepard looking all young and like Austin Garland. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've actually seen him. I'm scrolling through his IMDb quickly. Because I would like to move on. Um, I probably saw him on an episode of House. Uh, he was uncredited in Scream 4. Guy at Stabathon. I've never seen that. So it looks like he drops in. A little bit here and there. He's been doing voice acting. He has a good voice. But yeah, I'm still... Jeez, he's been... Are you being wowed by his IMDb credits here? Uh, just the amount of voice work that he has done since Scooby-Doo is ginormous. Like, he... It's like people realized with Scooby-Doo when he could nail Shaggy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone could have been more... I mean, and Scooby-Doo's not for me. I'm, I don't care about that. But I don't think they could have found anyone better No. than Matthew Lillard. He just fit... No. Everything. The only person better they could have got would have been a fucking... What's his name? Not Dick Clark. The guy who originally did Shaggy. Oh, I don't know who Fuck. that is. What was his name? He was one of those uh, music guys like Dick Clark. Oh, Shaggy voice. They talk like this. Shaggy. And then he went over here. And now we're going to go. This is a okay. nice group here. He was... Why, why isn't this telling me right now? He's a nice group. Oh, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. That's right. And then Matthew Lillard for a while. And it looks like he, you said that he has been replaced since. From what I remember is he got replaced and he didn't even know it was happening. Like all of a sudden a new Scooby-Doo movie came out and he wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, oh, well, good luck. Like, Okay. I've been shaggy for a long fucking time. Interesting. Well, this was his first theatrical release. I'm going to say from the bat, love the length time. It's a good classic 90-ish minute movie. Uh, fabulous. We got some loose legs. Very loose table legs. It's very wobbly. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, I am. It's a It's a good length. I feel like things happen in a good fashion. There's not a lot of poking around. If someone made this movie now, it would be twice as long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They would spend way more time trying to set up her being normal at first. Mm -hmm. This movie gets pretty fucking fast into it. It gets to the point, and I appreciate that tremendously. Um, so, again, the movie starts. It's super Beaver Cleaver-like. Uh, perfect family. The family is, like, cheesy to each other. Um, it's Sam Waterson, Waters, Waterston, Waterson, Waterson, and Kathleen Turner. They're married. He is the hammiest person, the most goofy, straight-laced person Waterson? in the entire movie. Oh yeah. yeah, he's the most like uh, 
nerd, humble, wholesome guy out of anyone in the family. He feels like he's doing satire more than anyone else, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and his, I think his character work is great in this. Like, he just... He's exactly what he needs to be. He doesn't overdo anything. Like, he, I think he's great. We have a young Ricky Lake who, at the breakfast table, um, says that this boy that she likes tells her that uh, if she loses 10 pounds, he'll take her to some, like, pool party or some shit. And Malibu Beach something. <sighs> what a, <laughs> that should immediately... And she's all excited. Like, he told me if I lose 10 pounds... What girl would ever be blinded to something like that and not take that offensive? Uh, I don't know. She's thicky leg. Most she's, most teenage girls. She's not <laughs> fat or anything, but she. I mean, she is thicky lake at this point. The call. You've heard this thicky lake before? No, I just You're just making this. I, up. I just came up oh with thicky lake. <laughs> she wasn't fat. She's just a little thick girl. There's nothing wrong. She's pretty, but I, I hate. Yeah. There are a couple things in in movies that I hate, and that's when people pretend like someone who's just a little thick is some fat whale that needs to lose weight so she can go to the beach. You don't tell whales they need to lose weight to go to the beach. Yeah, but I think that's also, they're doing that on purpose. They want you to hate Carl. I agree. So you're like, what? You want her to lose 10 pounds? She's fine. But Ricky Lake also has just a, a round face. So no matter how... Since she's ever been, to me, her face always makes her look bigger than she actually is. Some people just have, like Amy Schumer. Oh, she's got a... She's got a face that no matter what her size is, it looks like she's bigger. But she's not. Yeah. It's just just some people have that. Chubby faces also run in my family. Like, Beth has a... She's not a chubby person, but she has a chubby face. Cheeks? And she always has. Yeah, cheeks. Uh, What's even funnier is the inverse. When uh, real fat people have like a small head somehow still and none of the fat went to their face. Have you ever seen that where it just looks like this oh, so weird like they can pull off looking kind of look to thinner them. on top but then they're like I think I see that sometimes. I've seen people like that on like my 600 pound life where in the face they don't look nearly as fat but their bodies <laughs> 500 pounds of human are like giant <laughs> teddy bears. So um their breakfast, their perfect family breakfast is interrupted by a couple detectives who are investigating that a neighbor has been receiving threatening phone calls and she received one of your classic letters that has been pieced together from actual letters yeah. from magazines like cut out and stuff. Classic like, 50s ransom letter uh-huh. <laughs> where like the letters are different sizes and... I used to do that in scrapbooking, not scrapbooking, but like when you had to make a project for school, it was always fun to just cut out letters from a magazine to make one word or make your name. Mm-hmm. It's like scrapbooking. <laughs> yeah, Stuff really like is. that still happens. It's like psycho scrapbooking. It's like psycho scrapbooking. It's psycho scrapbooking. I could be completely wrong, but was it Zodiac who would do stuff like that? Zodiac. He wouldn't cut anything out. He would just write everything in code. He had his own code. I, I knew he did code, but I didn't know if he also I don't, I'm did both. I'm pretty sure he didn't do any of the... I don't know if anybody ever actually has done it that way, or if that's just a movie thing. 
Like much like uh, morning family breakfast. I don't know if it's just a thing that's in the movies. I feel like yeah, I feel like that is media based. <laughs> I, I feel like that is uncommon. Yet for some reason, people are like, "I'm going to go back to how it was when it was wholesome in the '50s." And this idea that people have of this wholesome '50s wasn't real. No, it was all just made up in TV and movies to make to to. Gl- glorify that time yeah. so then people are like i want to go back to that time but that time was never real <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just weird how yeah i don't know yeah people I are saw, silly i saw this meme that was like uh, i want to go back to how it was before all these snowflakes existed and it's like back to how it was and it's a picture of uh old dudes saying like go home long hair hippies and like mm-hmm. long hair is bad like Come on. <laughs> Everyone's been sensitive and everyone has their own sensitivities. It drives me crazy when somebody's like, oh, you're being a snowflake. Well, you're being offended that I'm offended. The circle never ends. And just wait. Just accept my feelings and let's move the fuck on. And just wait until <laughs> the next thing because each side will call the other sides over, overly sensitive, mm-hmm. but then we'll get overly, overly sensitive, sensitive about something. Yeah. We all do it. <laughs> and you're in turn, once again, getting overly sensitive about them being overly sensitive. Which then you're being overly sensitive about. Which then you're being overly sensitive. It's I don't just like how many times you've circle. said this. I didn't uh, need to be say that many times. You were getting like way too excited. <sighs> it's like in middle school when I got yelled at for sitting in the middle of a dance. And the teacher said, why did you do that? And I said, because it was fun. And she said, but their idea of having fun is dancing. And I said, and my idea of having fun is stopping the dancing. <laughs> God, you're an asshole. <laughs> See, you're an asshole. You're a natural born asshole. So anyway, going back to the movie, how many minutes are we into this We're episode? Only 22 minutes in. That's it? No. Is it like 40? Yeah. We barely yeah. We barely <laughs> talked about the movie. So again, I want to talk about cops are there, detectives. There there is this letter and you might think that it's going to say something like serious and he's like, you know, come here to the parents and they're like, look at this. Does this look familiar to you or whatever? And uh, they open it up and it says, I'll get you, pussy face. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's childish. It's uh, immature. (laughs) It's really weird. It's you don't expect it because she just seems so perfect. And that's definitely I think part of her. I mean, she is she's a clean freak. She wants to make things. She wants to make her family happy. That's the most important thing to her. She likes to bird watch. She she has very, I would say, bipolar tendencies. I would, if, if I were a doctor, I would say she's bipolar because her highs are really high. Because she takes oh, things yeah, so yeah. far. She gets so excited. Uh, I mean, when it's time, when they're supposed to go bird watching, her husband, he wakes up, he's in bed still. She's completely showered, dressed. She's got her bird watching vest whatever the hell that is on <laughs> yeah. and she's already watching birds out the window out the bedroom window like ready to go and he's not even he's waking up and i'm gonna add so she's over the top i'm gonna add disassociative in there too because when she's in her zones of the like what we would call the downs mm-hmm. reality just doesn't exist anymore like, no like there's every kill in this i was like you could have been caught 18 different ways. Yeah, I guess it's definitely not <laughs> bipolar because she 
she doesn't get down and like detached or anything. She's always very driven. Yeah. She always knows what she's doing. And there's no, of course there's no remorse, but anytime she does anything, it's just, she's like relieved and she feels like a better person. And she's been like <laughs> recharged. It's very weird. Um, so I don't know. I, I was probably wrong with the bipolar. It just, it just seems weird to me that someone could be that happy that something definitely has to be wrong with them. Uh, but his friends show up, Matthew Lillard's friends show up to pick him up for school while the detectives are there. Uh, the dad's getting ready to go to work. It's a busy morning in that house. Um, and, uh, his friends, it's Scotty and then his girlfriend. I can never remember. Birdie. Birdie. Yeah. Uh, she has a ridiculous nineties style of dress, but also oh, like, absolutely. Dresses like a child as well sometimes. Child in there. She's also wearing a Archie from Archie's Comics hat for some reason, which I never <laughs> knew was a real hat. I don't know if that ever was a real hat. And John Water was just like, "Hey, I want that Archie hat for real on this girl's head." But it's so weird. But yeah, it's she's very nineties. It's complete nineties, like alternative looking girl. Very much so. Short, yeah. demi, more looking hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Scotty, his friend, who drives them everywhere because he has the car. He's got the cool car, man. He also always has a porno mag. I uh, like a fifties burlesque porno uh, mag. It's never like it's, hardcore because Hustler like was out at this point. Oh, no, this is like 70s, 60s porn. Is it? Yeah, this is like... Maybe 70s. I you, wouldn't go you as far would, as 60s. You would call these like dirty mags. Like These are like your dad's stag collection. Chicks with dicks. <laughs> oh, well, not that one. <laughs> that one's crazy. <laughs> That's the fucking other guy. It's just weird to me how driven he is that... Uh, it's just with him, everything is about sex, which I don't know if that's just John Waters being, you know, like teenage boys, all they care about. And yeah, he just kind of embodied know. it into one character. Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, he's got like a porn addiction, a major <laughs> porn addiction. It's very weird. He pulls up in a car and the first thing he does is gets out a porno mag and just looks at it. Mm-hmm. Why, like parents are around and adults are around. It's just like. It's almost like he's reading the news, yeah. but it's a dirty mag. And can we talk about that guy? Okay. That actor who I'm sure... I have nothing to say, but go on. Oh, that guy was in Child's Play 3. This guy has been in movies that's like... just That don't appeal to me Just so weird. Well. Like, no, he's just been in like weird low-level stuff that if you know him, you're like, oh, that fucking weird guy with the mole things on his face? His name is Justin Whalen. Yeah. He was in a, like a Disney movie called Susie Q or something like that. It was like about a ghost girl. Susie Q in 1996. It was around the same time he was in Dungeons and Dragons. I looked at him. He wasn't in a lot. Oh, you! I thought you were bringing him up because he meant something to you, but it was just he does. that. He does because he's the weird kid from fucking Child's Play 3 that looks nothing like the kid from Child's Play 1 and 2. And he's like a kid that seems like he was supposed to be a big actor. Like, you could tell he wanted to be something, but he just just didn't have the face for it he had the face to be like on upn shows and like uh sci-fi shows and stuff like that. he had a face to work from the early 90s to the mid 2000s yeah and and not in major stuff his flame burned <laughs> out yeah that's correct he was not uh, but there were a lot of people in this movie um even 
though I don't think Justin Whalen matters. What? But as soon as everyone leaves, uh, the guy who thinks that Ricky Lake needs to lose 10 pounds, he shows up to pick her up for school, and she thinks he's just Carl. a dreamboat. His name is Carl. <laughs> I don't care to learn his name, but that's fine. I remember it because all I could think of was, What are you doing, man? That's Carl! Lenny and Carl. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did not make that connection in my head. Uh but yeah, he always has a porno magazine and uh, they leave, they go to school, dad goes to work, detectives leave, they do what they need to do. Or are they looking through the trash? No, no they're not doing no, that yet. No, they're no, just no. asking people about stuff, about the letter. And then she goes right upstairs and uh, prank calls the lady who she's been torturing this time and uh, does it twice in a row. Dottie Hinkle. Dottie Hinkle. <laughs> Mink Stoll. Mink Stoll, yeah. Who was one of the main characters in the classic Pink Flamingos, the movie that most people probably know John Waters for. Uh, Maybe, actually, that or Hairspray. Hairspray is probably the one everybody knows, but they don't know that it's John Waters. And that's mainstream. I have no interest in Hairspray. I've never seen Hairspray. I hated uh, Crybaby. Is that a John Waters movie? Yeah, it has Johnny Depp. It's uh, Ricky Lake is also in it. She's ah. thick. She's she's thicky, thicky Lake. And this is a ugh. Okay, Hairspray was nineteen eighty eight. Crybaby was a musical, nineteen ninety. Oh, it is a garbage if you ask me. I hate it. I mean, I'm telling you, it looks like uh, Patricia Hearst is in that as well. He likes Patty. I'm pretty sure he went to her court hearings. Um, I can really only think of two John Waters movies that he's made that I... I love Pecker. I've never seen it. With uh, Edward Furlong and Christina Ricci. And it huh. came out in 1998. You've never seen that. He did Cecil B. Demented, which I've never seen. Nope. Never seen that. Mondo Trasho. Nope. Uh, what was What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was going to say the only two movies I know are Pink Flamingos and uh, Cereal, Cereal Mom. Mom. And Pink Flamingos, I don't like necessarily like. I just It's just such an oddity that I like it. Like, I would never oh, yeah. sit it's there and be like, like a good movie. this is fantastic filmmaking. Yeah. It would just be like, this is weird, so I can enjoy it. And then, yeah, there are a bunch of uh, divine-fronted movies. Female Trouble, yeah. Polyester. Desperate Living, Multiple Maniacs. Uh, he did a movie in 2004 with Johnny Knoxville called A Dirty Shame. Huh. Uh, what's her name? Tracy Ullman is also in that. Uh, I've heard of Mondo Trasho. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. Why is you it know Seed of Chucky? Because he was in it. I was going to say, another movie I know that he was in is when he gets killed by Chucky oh, in Seed of Chucky. I think, okay, I think I've seen He gets like acid thrown on his face and his ama- or the side of his face melts off. And uh, I remember he was in it because Chucky is his favorite uh, horror slasher killer guy is Chucky. (laughs) And nobody's favorite is Chucky, but John Waters' favorite is Chucky. And another great thing John Waters has done was be in that uh, Simpsons episode where he was the gay, like, oddities store owner, where it was just like the weird, kitschy stuff. Hmm. And Homer had to deal with it, uh, thinking that Bart was going to become uh, homosexual. And so an episode that I'm sure they don't play anymore. 
There's also that stand-up special that he did that was really good. Yeah, that was great. Uh, is this Filthy World? Something, Something about like that. 50. Yeah. Filthy, I mean, not yeah, 50. Filthy. No, that wasn't right. Hold on. It's a sick, sad world. Sick, sad world. It's a sick, sad world. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, shit. It's definitely... I don't remember... Oh, I don't know what we were talking about, but I know that she went back and she was making the phone calls again. And yeah, we're talking about Mink Stole. That's where we were at. <sighs> that's what it was, because she was one of the main characters with the guy who tied the sausage to his penis <laughs> and would flash people. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I wonder if my dad's ever seen Pink Flamingos. We've never... I mean, obviously, we've never discussed it because m- most everyone I know saw it when they were not legally allowed to see it. <laughs> and that's not something you would watch accompanied by an adult. No, no. That was that was a movie that people shared with friends in high school. Yeah, and said, like, don't get caught watching it. Mm-hmm. it uh, my friend Jason showed it to me. He was like, <laughs> I have this movie. We're going to watch it. And I watched it with him, and it was the most vile fucking thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> and then I know, like, Nicholas owned it. Yep. and. Nicholas, I think, shared it with That's how it people. made its rounds to me. And I wonder if he was one who shared it with Tony because it people was. were saying that Tony was telling a lot of people. It was. Nick let Tony borrow it. I was like, where the hell's Pink Flamingos at, Nick? And he said, Tony's had it for a while and he won't give it back. And I went to Tony and I was like, hey, man, I need that tape. And he was like, all right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and then I watched it as if I was watching pornography. I mean, it kind of was. And like, if I ways. heard someone coming down the hallway, I'd be like, oh, switch the channel. Okay. I'm just watching Nickelodeon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Ridiculous. But we just, we see her torture the neighbor. It's, I mean, she just, she says pussy at her. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> and her wonderful Kathleen Turner voice. Yes. My God. Yes. Kathleen Turner's voice is gold. Uh-huh. Probably not as much now as an aged woman. And I might be she, even better. Well, I know she likes to drink, so I think her voice aged quite a bit. Yeah, it might be even better. I'm telling you. Talking like Betsy Sedaro. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so what happens is there's a PTO meeting after everyone goes and does what they need to do. And she goes to, it's Beverly, is the main character's name. She goes to the PTO meeting and her team. It's a PTO meeting? Parent teacher conference? Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Not PTO. Isn't PTO like when they sing for people in the wait the armed say, services? PTO is um paid time off. That's when I get hours <laughs> okay. to take time off at work. It, it when it wasn't PTA. PTA? Parent Teacher Association? I don't know, because it wasn't like a group, but it was like parent teacher conferences. Yeah, yeah it's it a parent was. teacher conference, yeah. And it was to speak with Matthew Lillard's teacher and he has a big fascination with horror movies, loves horror, like classic horror. Blood Feast, to be exact. <laughs> Blood Feast, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you'd probably be able to name other things that you've seen, posters and stuff in the movie. Oh, no, I remember no, no. nothing. Yeah, I saw Boris Karloff action. I saw a pumpkin head picture. I saw... What was the pillow? Uh, that was a Boris Karloff pillow. Okay. Uh, there was an L7 poster on the wall, oh, which will come up pillow, later. And then I asked pillow. Did I just miss that word entirely? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember now either. But I mean, I know he had the classics, like little classic figurines yeah. of like Wolfman uh, and classic universal monsters. The, but then he had the like early 
uh, horror movies. The Goremeister himself, Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, which is like known as the first gore film. So yeah, he the teacher thinks that he is too distracted by horror movies and just I mean, that's really it. He's just a little too distracted. And she finds that offensive enough to wait until he's done with all of his parent-teacher <laughs> conference meetings. She waits outside the school, and she runs him down with her... It's a blue station wagon, right? I think so. I think so. And not only does she run him over, she backs up and runs over him again. And there, it's a kill shot. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a girl... With the most ridiculous hair. She's so 90s, it's gross. Uh, who's on school property, standing just next to a tree, smoking a joint. And she sees the whole thing go down. She's the eyewitness. She's the token stoner girl. And I, I think it's funny that anyone in movies is portrayed as like smoking behind a tree. Because you're never behind a tree. You're literally just standing next to a tree, smoking a joint. Yes, you're always... You're always technically just next to it. You're not hiding behind a tree ever. You're hiding from uh, the person that's 180 degrees from you. <laughs> yeah, but, but that, that's it. That tree was between houses and a school. <laughs> yep. So you are hiding behind nothing. <laughs> like you are in plain sight. Uh, I wanted to bring up. You were talking about the parent-teacher conference, and that like she snaps because of like him talking about. You know, he says he's too obsessed with horror, horror movies. Mm-hmm. And the contrast of he had just said, because I like this little like juxtaposition, how, like how parents looked at movies like that. He says, like, he's a great student. He gets great grades. He uh, participates in class. And so he's like the model student. But then he's got this sick, unhealthy obsession with horror movies. And it's like it's this grand comment of like. You could be the best person in the fucking world and you're just interested in like something weird and suddenly you're like, you're not a good person anymore, but you're like, but I did everything right. There are so <laughs> many like statements that John Waters is making. Yeah. And that is one of them. Like people saying that he is this perfect kid in every way and like has no issues with effort. You know, he has a job. He's when, the assistant manager, they say. Like he's he's a very focused kid. He's, you know, straight and narrow kid. Yeah. But the only thing is that he likes horror movies and he likes to draw. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I, I kind it to me as like heavy metal too. Like Yeah, so it's how people say that just, about people know that. It's these stereotypes that people put or things pe- in. Into rap. People that were into like gangster rap, you know, in the nineties too. They or, could be I mean let's not Act like John Waters didn't work with Divine all of the time. Who was, if you don't know who Divine was, Divine was a classic. Hello. Uh, t- did you just stop it? No, I didn't stop it. I was going to put a marker there to fix it, but then you, we brought it to attention. Oh, you can cut this out anyway. <laughs> all right, it's fine. Go ahead. So, Divine was a crossdresser would you say transgender not trans not transgender i'm sorry i can't why can't i pull the word because now it's all transgender i thought he was more just a crossdresser more like a drag queen drag queen that's what i couldn't come up with i think i remember them saying like he didn't really like to wear women's clothes when he wasn't working no he would like put some makeup on and make his face look better but you would see him more in suits like I've seen a lot of pictures oh, he, of him yeah. in suits. He would always being a man. Yeah, he was yeah, a man. Yeah, he would just like to uh, dress and drag. 
and John Waters worked with him all the time. John Waters and John Waters is gay, so he's a gay icon. They were like high school friends. It was like the whole mm-hmm. like just grew up and like John got a fucking camera and it was like you're my star because you're my friend. Here we go. We're making movies. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why I was even saying, referring to the fact that he was open and would work. Oh, just the way um, people would kind of stereotype. So, yeah. So him knowing people who would do like drag queens and things like that, like being in that side of his world and then people just being like, oh, well, you're probably just a, you're a bad person because you do that. And it's like, no, they could be stellar in everything they do. And I think he was like, it's almost, he is that character almost. I just think that that happens a lot. So there are, there are a lot of things in this movie where, uh, there are a lot of specific things that are being addressed. It's not just kind of undertones. He's making points to make statements in this movie, Uh, but it's all very entertaining and to me. And I think it's funny, Uh, but I really hate how stoners are portrayed in movies. And that happens a lot throughout this movie, especially that, girl who was the eyewitness she is horrid absolutely horrid because she's like from uh complete like did, did they get her from new york they yeah she's she's not from there she's not from there at all she doesn't make <laughs> sense being where she is at all in this little suburban town she is from <laughs> she, like brooklyn when she eventually sure. talks she's like yeah man it was a flat as a pancake what do you got over here over there yeah so <laughs> it happens pretty quickly it's on the news and they're even, yeah, they're interviewing the girl who saw everything. And uh, she's able to say it was a blue station wagon. But that's all that she can identify. Yeah. And, but uh, some people are like, yeah, but she's a stoner. So whatever. And, uh, but, you know, she, she made a kill and she made her family a great meal. And she gave her husband <laughs> some of that murder, death, kill fuck. <laughs> because it, it seems, yeah, it's like she is recharged with powers. Gets her charged up. In every way. Which makes me think that she hasn't ever killed before. I, I don't think so. I think she's had an unhealthy obsession. She was probably like a groupie to like a... Manson kind of people and serial mm-hmm. killers and just like one of those girls that just, just had relations and then eventually we are seeing the break like finally after the long obsession yeah it's now time to taste what it's like to actually take lives it's ridiculous <laughs> i want to bring up because they actually watch blood feast yeah i was gonna say that too uh before all the sex and stuff and there's a scene where she's they're pulling out the tongue and she says it's a sheep's tongue I just want to bring that up right now for a later kill in this movie. Okay. Or should I just talk about it now? I thought you said cow's tongue. Cow's tongue. It's a cow's tongue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have to because I did make a note about when they're sitting there watching that movie and that fucking Scotty who mm-hmm. always has sex on the... Who He has a nudie magazine with him. Yes. <laughs> he wants to turn it off because he's freaked out and he's like, let's put on some pussy. Cause I, I think, hate the way he says it. Oh, but I made sure to make a note. Uh, oh, yeah. So I could say some it. Pussy. But yeah, her... Uh, just the reasons behind that stuff is insane. I mean, there's a neighbor who she gets irritated with because she doesn't recycle <laughs> and talks with the trash guys <laughs> yeah. and and gives them free shots of yeah. booze 
and like those little bottles and just you know because she wants to prove to everyone she's the nicest person and again hilarious and what feels like a john waters movie the two trash men are just like someone should kill her (laughs) and they're ridiculous about it too like it's campy almost it's, it's funny that that dynamic is like john waters i feel like he's pointing out that like people will get so upset over something like recycling that they will Maybe not even talk about death, but wish like horrible things. Mm-hmm. But then these people can talk about killing this woman. Like, yes, yeah, someone should kill her. And the worst thing in their mind in the whole situation is that she doesn't recycle. Not that they are truthfully wishing for her death, mm-hmm. which is actually the worst thing in it in the circle. <laughs> Holy shit. Serial mom is a wish master. Oh, my gosh. She's a gin. She's a wish master. You're right. She is. Oh, my God. She is. She really is. Holy shit. Except she didn't get to her. She doesn't make it to the end. No. Um, and we do find out that uh, Mr. Serial Mom, he is a dentist. He has his own business. And he is filling a Because, again, I was, you know, they were supposed to go after their night of wild sex. They were going to yeah, go. Crazy sex they where were, it's like four feet in the air humping and the kids can hear it and it's like loud screaming whoa you know with that kathleen turner voice and uh it's supposed to be i think it's the weekend they're gonna go look at birds and he is called in for an emergency cavity whatever like root canal whatever the hell's happening and uh we see it's one of the worst scenes of the whole movie as you had said and it's it's drilling into a tooth that guy's it's it's a gross scene because it combines not only that, that guy's mouth as one dude who has gap teeth. This guy's mouth is just gross. It's like and he has tons of cavities. He had lots of fillings. Yeah. And his te- just the way his teeth are gapped. They just make him look gross and like goofy. You know, I mean, yeah. I probably look goofy, too, and I don't know it. But like this guy's you do fucking real goofy looking. It's different though. He looks gross goofy, but who knows cuz he's old. Maybe you'll look like that when you get old. And then they add in the fucking drilling sounds and if you've been if you've had your teeth drilled in, you're just like, "Ah, I can feel it." Yeah, so filling cavities is barbaric. It's it's weird that we haven't <laughs> figured out cuz I've seen pictures recently of just the way that they would fill cavities back in the day, but they would fill it with tar. Tar? Mhm. But they oh. would still just drill it out like they still do all they do. They drill out the deadness yeah. <laughs> and then they fill it with something. And I hope that stays in there and the dead doesn't grow. Yeah. <laughs> like it's weird that we haven't figured out a better way to do that, but maybe there really is no other way. Otherwise you just lose the tooth. There's no, I mean, well, you could get a tooth implanted. Yeah, I was going to say you get a new tooth. But Ugh. I think it's just, it's just going to keep getting better things that they fill it with. And then eventually... So it doesn't fall out anymore? Or, yes, but then eventually, I think, like... I'm not saying necessarily stem cells, but I think they'll figure out a regrowth thing where they could literally put, like, a material in your tooth that will regrow actual enamel, and you'll have a new tooth of your tooth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to happen eventually. Okay. Well, I think... It- Go to the future! Oh... Like, uh, like Doc Brown. Going to the future, Marty. Come on. We're going to get a skateboard, Marty. You're going to create skateboards. 
and you're going to create rock and roll, Marty. I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to get a time machine, take all the songs I know from like Metallica and Slayer and like all the huge hits, go back to 10 years before they were hit big, start a band, start getting to learn those songs, and then two years before they're big, we come out with all those songs. And then I'm the king of the metal world. <laughs> and then I can write shitty music. <laughs> and I would get Lars in there because he's the best drummer of all time. That was a joke. Lars sucks. And, yeah, I was going to say, what, because he's <laughs> shitty? If you want to know how to drop drumsticks, ask Lars Hart. Oh, my God. All right, well, we're going to take a break. And we're going to listen to Kathleen Turner on Friends as Chandler's dad who becomes his mom. Really? Yeah. I like it. So we'll hear a little bit of Kathleen Turner sing whenever Chandler stops talking. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back. Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, and especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you that smoke anyway, it gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. <laughs> what a turd. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, I didn't watch that. Was he smoking? Oh, he was smoking the whole time. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> and he he would take, like, at the end, he took a big drag off of his cigarette. Yeah, he's supposed to tell you not. That was his no smoking advertisement. Do you remember a pro-smoking advertisement from the Foo Fighters back in the day? No. They were like, smoking, cool, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but that's I think almost... it was on MTV. I bet they took it down. I just can't find it. But maybe it can. Who fucking does? Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's not available. But Foo Fighters on smoking interview? No, I don't think that's right. Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins talk about Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, I don't think that's it. Foo Fighters saying no to drugs? No, Mm. I don't think that's it. Uh, What's the smoking interview? Me and Dave love... Smoking, smoking. Love it. Very politically incorrect right now. I, I grew up in Virginia where a lot of the tobacco is grown. It's good tobacco. Too. Sounds Philip terrible. Is actually yeah, it sounds horrible. Our man. That's right. Located totally in Virginia. Totally bad. Kids should not smoke. But you know what? Yeah, you shouldn't smoke, but they're both smoking. So I think that's maybe that's what you were talking about. I think so. All right. So we are reviewing Serial Mom, the John Waters movie from 1994, the satire. True crime. Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about that aspect. I like how at the beginning he tries to set it up like it was a true story. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> he does say that the movie is based on true events. People's yeah. names were changed and all of that stuff. And he did that as part of the satire. But even at the end, I mean, he'll say, like, the main character, Beverly, declined to be interviewed for the film. And people took that seriously. And ran with it and still, I guess, will sometimes ask John Waters about 
Wait, what? Beverly. Some people don't get it, I guess. Because they see that they don't realize that that part is a satire and they do think it's based on a true story. When I looked up, all you have to do is Google serial mom and there are a lot of suggested suggested questions regarding is it real? Where is Beverly now? All that stuff because people are smart. Uh, it reminds me of how people still think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a real fucking story. Yeah, it happened. I know the person who was uh, at the house. Do you remember when the Alicia was like Yeah, that? I worked with the person who's like, my, my cousin knows somebody who was in the house. And I was like, I was like, what, the it, house where they shot it? <laughs> yeah, that might sound cool. That's awesome. It didn't fucking happen. It's funny. Ugh. So I can't remember why, because we left off with Papa Denti, uh, Papa Dentist. Sam Watterson, he's drilling that nasty man's mouth out, and the detectives show up. I don't remember why the detectives are there. Is it because they're suspecting it's her? Well, we've skipped over a lot of stuff, but that's fine with me. The detectives are starting to get a a feel that Beverly is not what Beverly claims to be, because, you know, they thought she was Mrs. Cleaver. Mm Mm-hmm. But now they're starting to figure out, like, they start rooting around she's their Mrs. trash. She's Mrs. With a Cleaver? They're walking around in her house. Uh, she's the only one who's got a registered blue station wagon that's of the uh, apparent yeah, at the high school. They do, yeah, they see all the horror <laughs> books and stuff. Yeah, they, that's why they show up to the dentist's office, because they found all those horror, uh, true crime murder novels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Helter Skelter. Yeah, and say that, like, uh, Beverly bought these. Do you know who you're with? And it's hilarious that one cop was like, is your wife mental? Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. <laughs> One thing that I ha- I noticed only the on these two watches, I really noticed it on this the first watch. And I don't know if this is even intentional or just a complete accident, but to me in his office there is a large picture with a I think it's a pink background. Yeah, something of that. And it is color. It is a large tooth with long legs that looks like the bottom half of Divine. It 100% looks like the bottom half of Divine was artistically turned into a tooth. teeth or a tooth. <laughs> a single tooth. It looks it, It's definitely me, very it definitely looks very leggish and very like thick ass. Thick. It makes like the crown of the tooth the ass and then like the roots of the tooth are like the legs. I mean, it definitely looks like a, f- a f- it looks more like a female form, but mm-hmm. divine I, would wear high heels to get that, def- that female form. Divine. So. Cause it's a very, it has a, a very pear shaped. Yeah. So that's, they call that thick nowadays. Michelle. That's a big fat stomach is what that is. A big fat stomach. They don't call men thick. They call it divine is a woman. Oh, sure. Okay. Not Div- Jerry Ravertine. Divine ate shit. Yeah. For like a real. lady. Like a lady. <laughs> okay. Dog shit. So there are things I'm going to skip over because I didn't go that thorough. So if you feel like you need I'm to go fine, back and huh? talk about things, that's fine. I'll just pick it. Yeah, if I think of something, I'll say it. But people are starting to neighbor ladies who are her friends are starting to be onto her because she's doing really like erratic things doing like I mean, she's torturing that one lady that I can't remember Dottie Hinkle. Name. Yeah. Dottie Hinkle. Yeah. Yeah. And she like really early on outed herself as being the person 
who is fucking with her, but is just making Donnie Hinkle look crazy to yeah. everybody else. Yeah. But she still is. Because I, I, it feels like the whole time her husband is noticing things, but he is just trying to brush him off. It seems like he's aware of what's happening, but he just like also is playing dumb at the same time. And he's also coming at it from the angle. He's going to stick with her no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like there's never a thought of we got to get away from her. Mm-hmm. It's he's it's he's always like we will even says later in the movie. We will love her no matter what, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what she is or who she is. We will still love her. And all Dottie did was steal a parking spot. And she has been torturing this woman for a while. Um, that scene is so fucked up when she goes over to that woman's house and Dottie Hinkle's there. And she's like, oh, are those pussy willows? <laughs> when she outs herself willows, to Dottie Hinkle. Dottie. The craziest part, though, is when she looks at her after she says, I said pussy willows and then just grabs that Faberge egg and just looks at Dottie Hinkle in the fucking eyes and throws it as hard as she can on the fucking ground. Like that is a line that is fucking crazy that has been crossed. And then to go, what have you done? (laughs) It actually reminds me of the time I hit myself and made a smacking noise and I went, ow, Ashley. And Ashley, what's her name's mom turned around and went, Ashley. Did you hit him? And she got in trouble for hitting me, and she never hit me. <laughs> but I did it because she was annoying me, so I did it to get her away from me. Problem child, you are. Oh, yeah, I'm a little shit. So, as I I, I, there, I had mentioned before that uh, the daughter, Ricky Lake, her date gets canceled by the guy who thinks that she's a little too thicky Lake, and... There's some, and they've talked about it a few times leading up to this, but there's some almost like inside flea market sort of. Yeah. Situ- I mean, they call it something, but yeah, it, that's essentially what it is. It's like a swap meet flea market mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, it's, they set up in a place on like Saturday Apple. morning. and They do that at the Apple Fest. Yeah. It's just vendors, basically, but these people are clearly selling, like, vintage things. and yeah, Or nice jewelry. Or, and, I mean, things that might be a little damaged, but you get them as is. You know, it's hand-me-down stuff. Gaudy stuff at the same time, I would assume. Since they're selling to people like that like The Franklin woman. Mint Fabergé yes, eggs. The Franklin Mint, when they just keep saying, Oh, it's Franklin Mint. Mint. <laughs> it was killing me. So they go there because apparently Ricky Lake's character has an affinity for salesmanship and and doing things like taking these old Pee Wee Herman dolls and such and selling things as, you know, vintage classics. She's doing eBay before eBay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this guy is there with Tracy Lords of all people. Carl, the, the, the wanted-to-be boyfriend. Wanted-to-be boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Lords, the porn star. Okay, I, I knew that fucking name Tracy Lords, and I couldn't porn. Nope. I think Dave, I feel Pam's I, husband. I think Tracy Lords may have actually. I think she was in Orgasmo. Was she? I think she was. I don't know. She's the thing. She would do 
those more low budget things. She couldn't get like good movies. So oh, she no, would she's do still a porn star. <laughs> more low budget things. I think that stopped and she wanted to be an actress. But yeah, but she was known as Tracy Lords, the porn. Yeah, actress. you're not going to get fucking a role in the remake of Citizen Kane being Tracy Lords. And I would say one of my favorite parts of the entire movie, because we are there and we are seeing different things happen. People are shopping. Uh, we're getting more personality. And uh, a guy buys this portrait, this painting, and he says, I can't believe it. Fucking Don Knotts. <laughs> and then his lady says, he's the, the coolest. coolest. <laughs> and that... it's ridiculous because when I f- the, it's a shot of it being like handed over from someone to a customer. And when I saw it, because I always forget that part if I haven't seen the movie in a while. And I always think it looks like Steve Buscemi. And I was like, oh, it's Steve yeah, Buscemi. Yeah, it does look like Steve Buscemi. And then he said, I can't believe it. Fucking Don Knotts. Would have been hilarious. He's if, the coolest. If, if John Waters was early in on the Steve Buscemi appreciation, because mm-hmm. he was acting by 1994. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if he was would have been sort of known, and at least known by John Waters. It would be fucking hysterical if it was. Fucking Steve Buscemi. Oh <laughs> He's the coolest. So one thing that uh, Ricky Lake's character said when she was when the date was canceled is that I I would I would just want to kill him or yeah, something yeah. like like a yep. very extreme reaction. Um, and she sees you know Beverly sees him there with Tracy Lords throwing his arms around her, buying her whatever she wants, and uh, including. Franklin Mint. Fabergé <laughs> And she takes this fire poker that her friend uh, who wanted to buy the Fabergé egg but didn't because it was so expensive since hers was recently smashed. Daughter! <laughs> that she swapped out the price tags on the fire pokers and she got a nice one for only $3.00. And are you looking something up? Mary Jo Catlett yeah. is the actress that played Rosemary in this movie. She's been in so much stuff. She's been in a lot. Oh, man. What was her main thing? She was in uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Different Strokes. That's so Raven. It's a future anyway. I could see. But yeah, the fire poker. So mysterious to me. Yeah. Is that that's so Raven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost impossible. For Is me. it a team entirely composed of Raisin Raven Simones? Raisin Simones. Ooh. I'm Raisin Simone. I like extra Raisin Simones in my cereal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, at this point, she she kills Carl in the bathroom. She sticks that fire poker in him and pulls back an entire organ. Yeah. Which you said something about you thinking it was a cow's tongue. Well, it looks like it's a liver, but... It looks like a liver, totally. It's. I think it's supposed to be a liver, and it might be an actual liver. I'm sure it's an actual you know, piece liver. of meat, something. Yeah. But part of me wonders if they showed that part earlier in the movie and said, Ew, it's a cow's tongue, to then later... Use a cow's tongue for this scene. I think you, uh, from all the way over here, you spit on me. Oh, congratulations. Bingo. Bullseye. I say congratulations to you because that means someone can sit six feet away from you. I'll give them that virus. Someone can social distance <laughs> and you can still spit in their face. Anything can make it through these two teeth. Um, That's true. <laughs> but, like, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's that little fun thing just as a director. Like, I've always loved this scene from Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast. I've always loved that it's a cow tongue. I want to use a cow tongue, but I also want to reference it earlier. So, like, later when we use a cow tongue, you think it looks more real. But we still used a fucking cow tongue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that part's hilarious because when she's trying to get it off the fire poker mm-hmm. and she's just brutally murdered someone. Like, that would hurt getting stabbed through a fucking yeah, through your the chest. Back. Yeah, from, through your back, out of your chest, and then pulled back out with a fire poker. It would be immensely yeah, painful. Because there's, like, a hook on that thing. Yes. <laughs> and it's, like, very brutal. And then the contrast of her, like, trying to get that piece of meat off of the end of it. She, like, doesn't want to touch it, what really. I don't understand <laughs> is why she doesn't use him to wipe it off. Or in the sink, why doesn't she wash off this, the fucking fire poker? Because later, what's her nuts? She finds blood on it. gives it back to her covered yes. in blood. It doesn't make so sense. So this is what I was going to say earlier. She also slips on his blood, and it's just yeah. like, ugh. And then flushes the toilet into his head, because oh, his yeah. face is in it. The but urinal. I, I was going to say earlier, she's almost as like, she's perfect about everything. She can make breakfast perfect. Everything is great. She made the perfect meatloaf. And I was going to say, she's even perfect in her murder, but she's not She's very sloppy in her murders. She doesn't wipe off a fucking The murders are the thing she's murder the sloppiest weapon. with. Yeah. So that's why I think like it's the disassociative. Like she just loses all contact with mm-hmm. reality and it's just like nothing exists besides this person's gonna die. And like she almost thinks like I can't get caught because it didn't no one you can't see me. She's a straight perfectionist in every aspect of her life except for this newfound murdering. Yeah. But it seems like she thinks that she can get away with it because she can just prove to people based on her personality that she would never be someone who would do that. And she's just so good at manipulation that she like thinks she can just do anything maybe. She's definitely a manipulator. She certainly is. And so her husband is on to the the details. He's not oblivious. He's being told things. He looks through her stuff. He finds this is when she's exposed as being someone who is obsessed with serial killers. She has the signed... Uh, not Albert Fish. I don't know. Richard Speck. Richard Speck. Is it bad that I know faces of serial killers that well? And I was just like, (laughs) hey, that's Richard Speck. Uh, I mean, it was signed and stuff. But yeah, I guess I didn't read that. There were just there were different things. And I love that he got out a cassette tape and put it in a player. And it was clearly John Waters speaking as Ted Bundy. And it. (laughs) It's it's really funny because it's so clearly John Waters yeah. just like oh, trying yeah. to sound manly. Or, yeah, he's like, hey, yeah. Beverly. It's lonely here. <laughs> it's it's me, Ted Bundy. It's lonely here in prison. <laughs> What's really funny about it is if you go to IMDb and you look up the cast, John Waters is like up at the top. Oh, as Ted Bundy. And it's just credited as Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. <laughs> It almost seems like he wanted to do it just so he could be like, I've been Ted Bundy before. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I wonder if he went to those Ted Bundy court things, because I know he said in that special he went to all sorts of fucking trials. Mm -hmm. He might have. I don't know. So, okay. I can't remember what it actually is that the gross man... And the wife and the wife actually do to make oh oh it's because they took that day away from her. I was gonna say that's what it was. It was because they were supposed to yeah she was mad 
because they took that day away from her of looking at birds with him. I was going to ask that because... It wasn't until she was already there to do what she was going to do that she heard them talk shit about him. Yeah, and, uh, and see them business. eating birds, and she oh, loves birds right. so much. They were eating Cornish hens. Yeah, in the most disgusting oh, possible sloppy. way. Like when they put a huge... Like they would like... Just rip it out with their hands. There'd be no cutting or anything. Yeah. And it, it just like put it in their mouth and like. Yeah, and all the sounds are just like. Very juicy and bones yeah. and cartilage yeah. and. Fucking nasty. Um, juice was running down their face. But I was going to bring. I was going to bring that up too because they're at dinner. Mm-hmm. And like they're like, hey, uh, Scotty thinks you're. Hey, mom, Scotty thinks you're the killer. <laughs> you know, just like playing the field to see how she's going to react mm-hmm. to this. And then she gets up like. Oh, I just remembered something. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. And I'm there's a really funny joke in it too. Where like, and the cops they, they, have been watching. Yeah, her. they hear her leave. They hear the garage. They door. react. It's this whole long scene. <laughs> yeah. of them like turning their heads because she's like pulling out of the garage and like it's like they're reacting to every move and sound she makes. The garage door opening. But then the confirmation that she closing. left is that there's a note on the refrigerator that says went to the store. Yeah. So <laughs> and then Ricky like gets up and goes and sees a note and then yells. She's, she's gone. gone. And it's like, yeah, you guys went through this whole like it's been she's been gone for 15 seconds and you physically acknowledge uh, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It was just a very goofy, silly thing. But I brought it up not for that. I'm bringing it up because it was weird. Like you think they're directing you towards that. She's going for Scotty because, mm-hmm. hey, mom, Scotty thinks you're the killer. There's no thing that happens that involves the people that she ends up going to kill it's just that she's been stewing all day on it, and for some reason... Maybe that comment set her off. I get, but the comment still has nothing to do with... like Scotty has nothing to do with them. So it's just like, out of nowhere, she's just like, the urge is so big right now that I have to leave dinner to go kill these people. Is it possible that we missed that maybe something was said about like his day... And she remembered, like, oh, yeah, this day was fucked because of these people and didn't even eat. And then immediately, like, I, I wonder if there was something Maybe that we missed. I, I don't think they put it in there because they didn't want you to think that she was going. Well, I don't know, because obviously they're they go to check on Scotty because they think oh, she's going to kill Scotty. And then, yeah, but she obviously kills those two fucking people. And she goes and yeah, so they talk shit about how. He shouldn't be eating sweets because he just had this these, uh, this cavity filled, this painful cavity. Yeah, they dig, they get that dig in on the doctor. Uh, so just about how... What is... He, doctor said you can't have any sweets. What does he know? He knows how to send a bill. <laughs> <laughs> and she does hear that, so she, she decides... Like it. She I doesn't mean, like she, it. She wanted to murder them anyway, but that just added fuel to the fire. If there Absolutely. was There was no backing out. Another painful fucking two very painful deaths here. And then this is where we actually get the cover photo of the movie. Yes. Is when she goes upstairs after they eat. He's going to have some dessert because that's all he cares about with his grossness. Yeah, he's got to eat dessert in the most gross manner that anyone has ever eaten anything. And she's like, we just got filled up on hens and cake and stuff let's fuck before the kids come home so let's she's, fucking watch wheel of fortune so she's getting undressed she's trying to she's in her slip she's trying to find something she's looking through her closet upstairs and uh all of a sudden she uncovers a mouse in a 
Shoebox. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, honey, there's a, we got a problem with mice. And he's like, no, I. We paid someone. We paid an extraordinary. <laughs> oh, my second piece of cake. This oh. part makes no sense. There's no reason for a mouse to be involved in this scene. Yeah, that was, I, I was, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, kind of. Um, so she uncovers Beverly in the closet and Beverly stabs her with scissors, which ouch in the stomach. That would be horrible. Um, somehow in the scuffle, the, this, it's like a rat. It's like a big rat. It gets knocked out of the box and it, and just grossness fashion that John Waters likes to do. And almost kind of like, um, earlier horror movies it's just it's more of like scenes on this rat just gnawing at her ankle for no reason no reason at all but like drawing blood and everything it's just a very weird random yeah still no reason for it at all didn't have to be in there no but it was just it almost felt like an homage to something yeah i guess it felt very unneeded but it it took it took away tenseness from the kathy uh not bates Kathleen Turner. Turner of it, like that's the that's what I want to see is her. I don't give a fuck about some weird rat out of nowhere that's gonna be on Kathleen Turner's team out of nowhere. She, uh, her husband is just like, what's going on, and goes up to see her, sees that she is, you know, lying bloodied on the floor. Which I want to ask. Ta- Kathleen Turner is right there. She's got the scissors in her hand. She yanked him out of the lady's Did she? Body. Or has she been up there repeatedly stabbing her? Uh, I, look, I don't think one gut stab is going to kill a person with a pair of scissors. I think it's got to go for fucking eye I shots here. I feel like... Th- I feel like I remember her, like when it showed her again, she was like she pulling like, the pull knife out. out or something like that. Yeah. Because then he was like, wah. And, and so she threw the scissors at him. He took off, didn't hit him, went into the wall. So this is not something I've thought about before. Because she takes off after him and he's he doesn't come out alive. But if that rat was already gnawing on that lady's ankle when she was standing up and moving around, like freaking out. First of all, it should have been afraid that she was going to step on it. But it was just going at her. How much of it was eaten? How much of her was eaten by that rat by the time someone found them? Uh, a good amount? I think that <laughs> rat went to town. I just, I hate that fucking rat scene so much. <laughs> I know. That's why I want to keep it's talking so about stupid. it. It's so stupid. It wouldn't have been in there with Kathleen Turner in the closet still. It would have been freaked out by her. For some reason, they are a duo. Did she put it in there as a distraction? I don't fucking know. She's Catholic. She should be freaked out by rats. She's a beaver cleaver mom. That's why I wonder if she put it in there as a distraction. What the? I don't know. It doesn't make it. John Waters just wrote it in a script, thought it was funny, and refused to take it out while everyone else was around going, John, we don't need this scene. We got to pay a mouse guy. Let's get him the fuck out of here. We don't want to do this. (laughs) He's like, no. Um, I got the mouse guy. um, I don't remember how he was killed. Well, uh, Kathleen Turner throws a pair of scissors at him at first. It misses. She's got an amazing uh, scissor throw. She rips him out, throws him again at him, misses. And then as he's running out the front door, she thinks it's a good idea to shove a fucking air conditioner onto him. Oh, that's right. From the second story window. She pushes it out the window onto him. One of those big old motherfuckers from 1994. Heavy metal 
clank your head open. Oh yeah, <laughs> that uh, that yeah, you would, you could have died. All painful deaths so far. Fire poker through. The, oh wait, run over. Fire poker through the chest. Stabbed with a pair of scissors in your gut, and now a fucking air conditioner has cracked your head open. Is that it? I think Is so. that as far as what we have so far? I, I know that's all so. we've talked about. And then at this point, uh, she is known is she known yet to be wanted i feel like she's known well she gets back she gets because they go the people bust into scotty <laughs> thinking that she's going to be there and he's jerking off to chesty morgan chesty morgan do <laughs> <clears throat> you said that you said you looked up more about her uh, yeah and you wanted to get back to well, this. i mean just she's got she still got the world record for the biggest breast of uh, like anyone that was like uh, in films. She's okay. got like, the biggest fuck a seventy three inch bust measurement. Gross. Yeah, they are fucking ginormous. They're like gross big. Here's a picture from Getty Images of those fucking hangers just hanging out. They're monstrous. And they are natural. These are her real boobs. These are not oh, implants. Yeah. These are real that's, fucking hangers. That's weird because, I mean, scientifically, that doesn't make sense. No, and that's Chesty Morgan. Because she's like now. thin. Uh, she definitely just had a, a reduction. Just a regular old woman. She looks like she had a reduction probably because eventually your back is just not going to work anymore with boobs that fucking big. Yeah, that definitely caused her problems. And she's still alive. She's still kicking it. She was a uh, uh, oh. There's something very interesting about her. Her both her car- parents were killed when the Nazis took over Poland, so her parents were fucking killed, and she was orphaned very very young. And uh, so that's why she has the boobs that she did because they tortured her by pulling her, stretching her boobs out. I guess I don't think she was Jewish. I think her parents just died in it, just on the attack oh. of Poland. Well, I know. I thought they're just Poland. On, <laughs> on her tits. <laughs> Good one. I liked it. That's awful. <laughs> okay, so um, Cat Cat would have loved that. So what's his face? Matthew Lillard. He goes to Chip. Chip. Did they go to church? Because they don't have any. Th- no, no. This hasn't happened yet. No, they're getting. Uh, you are there. They they catch. They thought they were gonna. She was gonna kill Scotty. They just catch Scotty jerking off. So the night ends. They all come back home, and Kathleen is, or Beverly, is back home, and she's like, "Hey, you guys want dessert?" And they think everything is normal. Mm-hmm. So they go to sleep. They wake up the next day to go to church. That's and when they does. walk out the front door, there's a line, line of, of cop cars, cars, like at least fourteen cop cars, because they're waiting on DNA evidence. Yeah, but they don't like a thing. Not DNA. I'm sorry. It's like a fingerprint match is what they're fingerprint looking for. Is something like that to match her to a murder weapon. Yeah, and but they don't want her to get out of their sight, so that's why they have so many cop cars. But they mm-hmm. do just go to church, and they get the okay to. Get her. Yeah, book that bitch. Book that bitch. Yeah. Now, th- there's just a ruckus. I don't remember what caused the ruckus in church for where, how they were able to actually get her. They were out. all praying, and then as the cops were coming in to get her, she sneezes, 
and shoots oh. a huge snot loogie onto a baby's face. Onto a cute baby's face. And That's then so the mom gross. screams, and then everybody's so freaked out that Cereal Mom is there because everyone's scared of her. Mm-hmm. Like, even as they're driving to church, she looks to the right at another car, and there's a family on there, and they all like, ah! and drive yeah. off. So everybody's so fucking scared. So as soon as somebody screams, they're like, Cereal Mom's killing somebody. Yeah. So they just freak out. It goes into. On the way to church, they announced her name on the radio. Yeah. Is what it was that she was. Yeah. A wanted person. And so, yeah, there's the fight breaks out. Her and her family are able to escape Uh, her son. She goes with her son and his girlfriend and he has a job. He's a responsible kid. Uh, Everything he does is for the most part. I mean, good. He's, he's, he's responsible enough. They gave him a key. He opens up the store. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like they have to go somewhere, but he goes straight to work because he's like, I got to open. And uh, as soon as they open, he turns on Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. during a massacre. <laughs> yeah. During the killing of the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> and a lady walks What's in. His name? What's his name? Oh, damn it. Carry on. And a lady walks in. She seems rather conservative, especially for that sort of media that's playing on the television. And um, she is returning a video and she wants to check out another video or she's just returning it. Nope. She wants to rent Annie the musical. But she's also returning something. But she is returning, as Matthew Willard says. Yeah, we got it. Did you bring back Ghost Dad? That's right. It was Ghost Dad. And she refuses to rewind her VHS tapes. And That bitch. What a nightmare. So, long story short, she gets mad and argues with Matt Lillard or Chip because they're... I mean, it's always been on display. Be kind, rewind. Everybody There's knows be kind, rewind. There's a fee. And because it takes time to have to rewind those before you rent them out again. So there's a fee. He charged her the fee. She got mad. She called him a son of a psycho and left. And (laughs) immediately Beverly is out the back. Oh, that's the cue. That's the cue. It's time to kill this lady. So Um, can we talk about the video store real quick before we get past it? (sighs) My God, how I would. This is part of the reason that everyone should hate the digital age because going into video stores, especially experience, especially local video stores, not like blockbuster and shit like that, but actual local owned video stores was so magical. And I would love to own a video store, <laughs> a video store slash skate store. We need to just hang out all day, but like it doesn't Ugh. exist anymore. And it fucking sucks. Record stores. They used to be everywhere. They were the shit, the mm-hmm. same feeling. It's just a shame that that doesn't, Oh, that exists anymore. You can't buy music at the store anymore unless you go to a specific, like, a music store. Or Walmart. <laughs> yeah, like a Walmart, but you can't go to... Yeah, it's just not like it used to be. Anyway, getting back, she's out the door. She's going after the lady who's getting ready to watch Annie. Um, <clears throat> and this lady gets through the entire uh, opening to Annie tomorrow plays she sings along with it uh she makes a roast beef sandwich she oh my god she makes that her poor cute dog lick her feet and she like 
she puts her feet up and separates her toes. She's like, she's like, get him all wet for mama. Gets to like lick that. and it's disgusting. Ugh. John Waters definitely knows how to film gross. Oh, it was the perfect Ugh. angle from underneath with a dog licking this old lady's toes. And it was so nasty. It doesn't I even felt- have to be like divine doesn't have to be eating shit for you to be completely grossed out. No. By choices that John Waters he, will make. You can just film things. And for some reasons, like the colors he chooses to have in rooms, like, you know, he like for that old lady's house, he's like, I want ugly old wallpaper. Got I it. want pastels on like home like you've been in that home that lady's home you felt that home which made it extra gross mm-hmm. you could smell it i could smell her home and feet are <laughs> fucking gross to me anyway uh, especially my feet it probably uh, smells like roast beef because she made a ro- big roast beef that she made into a sandwich and saying was a turkey thing because it it's a like, leg <laughs> yeah but it, i don't know it looked like roast beef it does look like beef um and the kids are trying to look into the windows. They want to see what's happening. For They steal Scotty's car. They just take off him what they have out of the church when they, yeah. they leave. They're like, come on, Mom, we got to get you out of here. So Sc- we got to make you a fugitive. So Scotty <laughs> follows them. He goes to the record store for whatever fucking reason. I don't know if it's because Matt Lillard still has his keys. I don't know why he doesn't just take the keys or take the car and leave unless the keys are in Matt Lillard's pocket. That's the only reason why I can think that Scotty then followed his friends, but stayed out of sight. I didn't understand why he didn't just like, I feel like meet up with them. I feel like at this point, Scotty's trying to be the bust. Like he's trying to, he's going to get serial mom. He's going to be the guy that brings her down. Well, he was also just humiliated the night before because not only did they burst in while he was jerking off. So did the cops with he, guns. He, yeah. While he jerked off like no one jerks off. Oh, like he was like using his hips into he, the yeah. air. He was aggressively humping his hand. He was an aggressive bottom into his hand. Yeah. It was very weird. And throughout a whole house, you could hear him going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? People are comically loud when they fornicate. Uh-huh. Serial mom. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone jerks off like me, it's in 22 seconds and as silent as possible. <laughs> well, one thing that I want to mention that when they were together in the vehicle escaping church on the way to open up the uh, video store, um, the girlfriend who is obsessed with horror, who constantly just made references to horror movies, looked at Beverly and said, You're bigger than Freddy and Jason now. Only you're a real person. And she she made that like when. So, yeah. So serial mom grabbed this like piece of roast and beat the lady. She was going to stab her with a knife. But she was like, no, this is me not leaving evidence. I'm going to finally use my brain. Beats her to death with a piece of roast where Scotty is up on a roof and sees the whole thing through the window. Excuse me. And, uh. When the girlfriend sees the blood splattered from that, she's like, it's not like the movies. It's not red. It's yeah. brown. Yeah, they've been contrasting her the whole time. Like Even when the first murder of the teacher happened, she's like, she calls her boyfriend Chip, and she's like, did you hear? It's so cool. And it's she's so like excited about it the whole time. She Even like you like said, with movie. the, you're like Freddie and Jason. Like They're making her so excited. And then once she sees that real shit, 
Complete 180. She's like, I cannot handle real violence. I can't Mm -hmm. see this. Immediately. Yeah. But Scotty sees the whole thing. She looks up out the window, just perfectly sees Scotty. Their eyes meet. Uh, she Which, gives the dog the meat to take care oh of. Yeah, I love how she's like friendly with the dog. Well, she and before the dog she even, on the mouth. Yeah, before she kills the woman and she's just in the kitchen, just like petting the dog and, and just like waiting. And when she grabbed that piece to bludgeon her with, she gave the dog a little yeah, piece yeah. and then kissed him on the mouth. Yeah. Just like, you wait in here, little boy. Yeah. And then uh, gave him the murder weapon, grabbed that knife that she was going to use and changed her mind. And now she is after Scotty. Yeah. Which, is this the only death that's about to happen that's like, he's dying because he, he saw her. Yeah. Everyone else's death is like... It's been vengeful. You were chewing gum. <laughs> and you said something bad about my son. You were... Oh, yeah. She hates gum. You, you're, it's like very minuscule weird thing. Scotty's spot. is like the only one that's like, oh, that's a legitimate reason you would want to kill somebody because they saw you kill somebody. So now you have to take them out. This is the only like actual legitimate real reason someone would kill another person. You know, she killed Carl. They, that wasn't even her daughter's boyfriend, and he was never going to be her daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, and even like, he said he's e- like more of a friend, really. And she, yeah, and she even said like he's not like pretty much like you don't need to worry about him. Like, yeah, you need to lose weight for you and not whatever. So it seemed like she was kind of. Like, the idea of him not being her boyfriend was understood, so I don't understand why he had to die. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course he had a boyfriend. He, ha- he got a girl who was older and uh, thinner, and I mean, she's a porn star. <laughs> do, do you think she's a porn star in the movie? Do you think she is Tracy Lords in the movie? <laughs> I don't know, because when she has that super overreaction to him being found at that place, stabbed to death... She makes eye contact with one of the detectives and immediately forgets that he existed. Yeah, they do that swoon like. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> that Ricky Lake had been doing the whole movie already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's gross. It's over the top. He definitely likes to do that to kind of revel in the ridiculousness of just people like stopping and swooning at each other and getting oh, those yeah. ridiculous shots. Very ridiculous shots. So. She is taking off after Scotty. She wants Scotty dead. Scotty's She's driving that van. Where'd she even get that van from? She ran up to a guy because she had the knife on the street and stopped him because he was like going to drive by her. And she threatened him with the knife and just get out. So she is now following Scotty because he runs to his vehicle which looks very much in real time with her running up in the background with the knife. Oh, God, I forgot about this scene. Yeah. This is one of the... I said this the first time we watched it. John Waters got to make his his own version of a horror movie because, yes, he's got all of his kitschy shots. He's got all of his weird John Waters shots. But there are sections where he is filming literal horror movie scenes. And when Kathleen Turner is running up to that car with a fucking, like, seven-inch-long butcher knife, butcher knife behind him. I can feel, and it's bright daylight. Like, most horror movies, it's all dark, so you have, like, trouble getting the perspective of how close a person is. Mm-hmm. This was, like... This was the first time... Like, I, I've never watched a horror movie. I felt the stress of, like, 
fuck, dude, you need to get away now because she is close and it's just gonna. And then she starts stabbing through the top of the. Oh yeah, the car this convertible, top. which reminds me of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two when he starts stabbing a fucking pitchfork through the top thing. So it was like. Felt like an and, homage in ways. <clears throat> kind of because Friday the 13th Part 2 also has that same perspective shot where Jason's running up and you can get like this feel of like, fuck, this is terrifying. Like I'm actually getting a feel of like closeness. When it's just like somebody being chased through the woods and it's just like a single shot mm-hmm. like they do in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not that tense. It's mm-hmm. kind of tense because it looks weird and it's, you know, he's got a chainsaw and stuff. But you don't get like this added perspective shot. It just, just like grabs your internal like. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. It's just a very, very good shot. And you can tell John Waters loved soaking in the, I get to make horror shots. Like There's like straight up like Halloween type shots mm-hmm. in this fucking thing. It's great. So he takes off in his car. She steals a van. And the family, they pass the family. So then the family starts following. I don't remember how this ends. How this chase ends, how she doesn't get Scotty. Well, this is actually the worst part of the movie to me. For some reason, Scotty stops a car because he, they, they get stuck in a traffic area. Like he's at a stop sign and he runs That's into right. that club where L7 oh. is playing That's as right. the camel lips. Camel lips. And they actually have like camel toe pants on. Yeah. This is the worst part of the movie to me. I forgot about this. I like uh, I like the attitude of L7. I might even like L7 songs. I don't know. But for some reason, it just seems ham-fisted into this movie. Just to add them in there real quick. Just seems like filler material this whole time. She I sets- don't know. Cannibal Corpse was in Ace Ventura. And that it was kind of similar. Like, it didn't necessarily need to yeah, be. Yeah, they like, didn't need uh, to be that. But-, but it was also a very short scene. This is an entire song. Yeah, that's true. And, and she set Scotty on fire. It looks really bad. Like, the oh. guy did a... The guy did a great job of being on fire in the suit. Scotty. Yeah, she does kill Scotty. She's killed Scotty on stage, and no one believed it. They thought it was just part of the show. Did they? Or are they? Because she shows up to that venue, and they're like, hey, you're a serial mom. Get in there. But that doesn't mean the band's going to know, because he like goes on stage and realizes he's there, and that chick immediately is just like, fuck you. And then she cuts... Beverly cuts the lighting the light, rig. Yeah, and it lands on and him. And it lands on him. And then she uses, is, is it hairspray? Is hairspray it, and a lighter. Hairspray and a lighter and sets him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I think that they're into it, too, is because everybody's chanting, Serial Mom. Serial Mom at the end. Like At this point, I feel like the narrative or the what John Waters is talking about is like the people's obsession with serial killers that it gets to a point where you're like okay with the murders and you want them to kill and you're it's like they, it's like natural born killers they like change you and you're like on you're kind of rooting for them yeah yeah and natural born killers did that too where it's like this fucking crazy like we get so deep into this serial killer world that like they're they turn into like good people to us or the yeah. heroes of the story like i know sometimes when i was reading like ted bunny and stuff like i wasn't thinking of the victim i was thinking of like Man, how crazy is Ted Bundy? It's always about the guy who did the killing. It's never about the victim, who yeah. it should actually be about. It's true. It's always about the obsession with the killer. So, like, I think it was just the extreme take of not only are we going to be obsessed with it, we're not necessarily going to accept it. This is the extreme take of not only are we going to accept it, but we like it. You're fucking serial mob. Kill that guy on stage for us. Yay! Yeah, this part <laughs> really doesn't make any sense at all because... The cops are after her. 
she knows in a roundabout way. She probably doesn't know that they're on her tail like that. But she goes in the front row and just enjoys the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then the cops come in and arrest her. I think this is more of that break of reality. Once the killing is done, she's just like, oh, I'm at a show. Here I am. Do, 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 do. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and things happen kind of quickly, which I'm happy about because a lot of times I feel when a courtroom is involved, things are just really drawn out. Yeah. I feel like yeah. things are done quickly. She represents herself in this trial. Uh, Patty Hearst, we see, is on. Juror she's a juror. Eight. <laughs> um, she, you know, she tries to be personable with everyone. Uh, and make like eye contact and like have little moments with each person, at least with some of the people. And she smiles at Patty Hearst and then looks down and sees that she is wearing white shoes at the wrong time of year. Yeah, you can't do it after Labor Day. <laughs> no, that's a that's a rule apparently. And uh, she, with how you mentioned she was manipulative earlier, she manipulates her way into making everyone seem crazy or throw out their whole testimony. <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah. And because they look crazy yeah. and she's just able to manipulate the situation. And uh, it's not even really a long story, because, again, I think he does a good job at keeping all of those scenes pretty short with each pe- with, with each person and kind of watching everyone unravel like people who seem like they should be able to give good testimony, good witness testimony. Uh, and she just finds ways to. You know, discredit them, discredit them in ways that would never, ever work in a courtroom no. <laughs> and the, like pulling out chicks with dicks. Like, who cares if the guy looks at porno magazine? This is about you. <laughs> yeah, it was the cop. It was the detective. Yeah, it was the detective. Yeah. So it was. Can we really trust you? Because or no, you can't always tr- like she's like, just because of what you read doesn't make you. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the fact that she is big, like. On all of those serial killer books, that doesn't mean that she. But what about the weapon that they had the DNA on? (laughs) It does not make any sense. And John Waters probably knew it, but he's like, I don't care. It's a movie. She just needs to not be found guilty. That's it. That's all it takes. So, relatively short story short, she wins. Oh, can I bring up a dynamic of this that John Waters threw in real quick? Yeah, that's right. I don't know what you're talking about, but I was going to talk about the uh, Suzanne Summers. Oh, no, but yes, that's not what I was going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about Suzanne Summers. No, I was going to talk about how he's added in that extra obsession with crime where it's like people are showing up for the court date and they're like, oh, weren't you at the blah, blah, blah trial? Yeah, I was there. And weren't you at the blah, blah, blah trial? And then they're selling uh, Serial Mom merchandise outside and that's all people that just go to watch court things which is what john waters did it was kind of yeah i i saw it be conferred conferred uh referred to as savage that as soon as they could like Matthew Lillard is like trying to get deals and he looks like a fucking like pretentious <laughs> Hollywood yuppie. Yeah. <laughs> he's and, got his hair in a ponytail all of a sudden. <laughs> and he's wearing like, glasses and he's like, yeah. you gotta talk to my agent and yeah. all of this stuff. And um shit. Where am I going with this? Ricky Lake? No, because she's just with that 
she's, she's the one doing all the merchandise. She's the one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's she's what it moved is. on her flea market persona to now I sell cereal mom merchandise. I sell, yeah, and selling t shirts and all that stuff. And she's my mom. Yeah, that line. She's like, she's my mom. So it's just, it's so hammy and but all of Sam Watterson's that. character, he's still just loving husband. I'll stand by you. Just wants honey. to get her help. <laughs> but it seems like he believes that she's guilty. Oh, yes. They all, the whole family knows. Because when they find out that she is, uh, or at least she's not convicted. Yes. Get not guilty on all counts. His face looks surprised. Like, she's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming home. And he kind of looks like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. He even looks around at the family and they're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then that guy's like, do you think she's going to like me? And then Ricky like, she's like something, just don't get on her nerves. So they all know. Yeah. yeah. My mom is a killer. Yeah. And she, uh, doesn't get very far because Susan, the whole idea is that there's going to be a movie made about the story and Susan Sarandon is going to, is going to play her. Suzanne, Suzanne Summers. Summers, not Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon would do a way better job than Suzanne Summers. I heard Susan Sarandon was one of the people who were offered the role. There were a handful really? of uh, of named actresses who were offered the role, but they wanted more money. Kathleen Turner was willing to take a smaller paycheck. I'm so glad it was Kathleen Turner because her voice is perfect for this. Oh, like, I thought she was great. She was great. And when she's in that closet with the scissors, oh, she looks perfect. the facial mm-hmm. expression that she gives is perfect. It's perfect. It yeah. couldn't get any better. She, I think she ended up being great. I think it's interesting how a lot of times the first choice and not the first choice ends up being the best. And who knows? Maybe Susan Saran would have done a good job. But yeah. it would just been different. But yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Suzanne Summers was there to play the role. She's basically she wanted to see it for herself. She was seeing if she was going to play that character, and then uh, because she is a grudge holder, this Beverly, she can't get those white shoes after Labor Day off her mind. That even though they're they want to interview, they want to take pictures. She. She's just like, I'm going to sneak off and find this juror lady. <laughs> juror and, number eight. <laughs> and I'm, it, which is Patty Hearst. Yeah. I'm going to hang up her phone call to tell her that she should not be wearing those shoes. And the worst acting in the entire movie happens from Miss Patty Hearst. She is not an actress. Billed as Patricia Hearst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, her, her scene is horrible, which is crazy because Kathleen... Turner is an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. You believe her 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it goes to Patricia Hearst scenes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, boy. Like, and it's, I mean, it, it seems a piece like of cardboard to act better than this. But I, at the same time, like the whole point is that she's supposed to almost seem like soap opera esque. Like it, it yeah. feels like it's supposed to be ridiculous because the whole she's not even like fighting for her life. She is fighting for because she gets I mean, Beverly starts beating her with the payphone to death and she hits her once and she turns around and then she's just like, it's not true. Fashion is changing. changing. Yeah. So she's not even pleading for her life. She's pleading for fashion and being able to wear white shoes after Labor Day and gets uh, she gets deaded. 
and bludgeoned with a phone comes out uh everyone you know there's still press suzanne summers wants pictures she is irritated still she did not get a high anymore off of killing her oh oh you interpreted it that way i've got a different interpretation carry on um well yeah i think that she yeah because usually when she does that she gets like a high but she as soon as she went back out there and suzanne summers was like you stand here and i'm standing here and it didn't take much for her to actually freak out and you'd and just be like that's my bad side and like she hadn't totally snapped out of it like it almost seemed like whatever like her winning that made her feel invincible to where she just it almost like okay so now i'm gonna go on a fucking rampage yeah i i i took it basically the same way i never thought of it of her not having the high i just thought it was she was ready to move on and now suzanne summers is pissing her off and now she's just like Another one of these fucking people. God damn it. Someone finds the body. She screams. Everyone freaks out. It looks seems like no one else is on to her, but Suzanne Summers is because everyone else is still like you can see the people in the background. They're looking straight at the body like what's going on. And Suzanne Summers immediately looks at her and it's just kind of like, fuck. And then Kathleen Turner gives that amazing look without doing much of anything. But. The look on her face is, do not fuck with me. Mm-hmm. I will fuck anyone up. <laughs> like, I am a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And then that is technically the movie. But one note that I made that I didn't say anything about is when she was discrediting all of the witnesses and that Dottie Hinkle, who she was torturing, and <laughs> she was able to manipulate even further she started flipping out and swearing at her and was had to be physically pulled out of the courtroom and was yelling pig fucker at her. And <laughs> the term pig fucker to me will always be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pig fucker's great. Pig fucker <laughs> is great. You greasy pig fucker. You can put any uh, descriptive word in the beginning there, too. You're like, yeah, you oily pig fucker or... Uh... You bastardized pig fucker. I was still trying to find a word that meant oily or greasy. So all words were based you off of that. Slippery pig fucker. You slippery pig fucker. You clammy pig fucker. All right. Well, we are now to the part of the podcast where it is time to go over some questions. All right, so why did I choose this? I've been wanting to do this for a while. I don't know what made me feel like I wanted to do it now, but I think it's because I had an itch to watch the movie, so I thought it'd be a perfect time. Uh, What do I think you thought when I gave it to you? I think you were going to be totally fine with it. I think you may have said easy peasy. What was your judgment prior to watching this? Uh, I think it was an easest pieces is what I said. It was easest pieces. <laughs> so this is what I want to do for this episode. Um, we usually will pick like a most favorite character or whatever. Are we doing favorite kill? I think we're going to do not necessarily like the way they were killed, but who do you think deserved to die the most out of everyone who Beverly killed? Can we do both? Who deserved it most and who was actually my the most favorite uh, character? Way? No, the way they were killed. I don't I don't know that I have an answer for that. I said, can I say that? 
<laughs> oh, okay, sure. Uh, the per- person who deserved it most, in my mind, mm-hmm. is... Fuck, who is it? Do you want me to say mine? Because none of them really deserve it. I think there is. Who? Go ahead. For me, the lady who deserved... The person who deserved it is the lady that refused to rewind the VHS tapes. I think that's the lady for me, too, because it's the most irritating thing out of all those things anyone else And she's smug. She has a bad attitude, and she's a bitch. Yeah, she is a bitch. And... And she she, makes her dog lick her fucking feet. She abuses her dog. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she did deserve it. I, in my opinion, she is the only one... I mean, other people were irritating, but no one deserved to die... She was kind of old and she was only going to make people's lives more miserable on her way out. So I think that that one was worth it for me. So if you agree with that, which it sounds like, what is the way? The most brutal way that anybody got killed to me is the fucking poker through the fucking back. That is a pretty brutal way. That's a brutal one because you also get a piece of liver or a whole liver pulled out like it's the goriest out of all of them mm-hmm. it just seems the most it's the see. one that like when she walks up and shoves it in it's the one you can feel and be like oh man <laughs> that would hurt i'm gonna probably go with the same woman because she deserved to be bludgeoned to death for <laughs> abusing that dog so i think that bludgeoning someone with a bone-in piece of meat while singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, which the sun <laughs> is tomorrow, but, you know, the song is tomorrow. Um, I think that that was probably the best kill. One thing I didn't mention through this that I have mentioned to you is that the first time I actually saw this movie was in a foster home. It was after it came out, it was rented by my foster parents, and I was able to watch... Almost all of the movie, which nothing against them, but it was turned off when Scotty was jerking off to porn. Now, he was almost completely covered, except that his head was sticking out of a blanket. Uh, You got a small snippet of hanging, sagging boobs, maybe a couple. Very small section that you actually see naked breasts. And that was worth it being turned off, but I could see gore. You were allowed to see someone's tongue get pulled out, a liver pulled out through their back. Uh, (laughs) Language. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Sex. uh, Well, the sex earlier. There was the sex scene between them, but nothing actually happened. It wasn't until... That's the thing. I don't know if the jerking off thing would have happened. It may have just been uh, nudity. Got to turn it off. It's interesting how America works when other countries are the opposite. They'll show sexuality because that's extremely natural and <laughs> yeah. and normal and and can be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, lo- and love filled. Yeah, like <laughs> but uh, and then they don't show as much murder, death, kill. Oh yeah, stuff as we do. You're gonna crush someone's skull. We want to see every goddamn second of it. We want all that stuff. <laughs> okay, so um, always loved the movie. I was very intrigued by it the first time I saw it. I was like, I can't wait until I can watch this again. I don't remember how old I was when I was able to actually watch the whole movie, but it was something that always intrigued me. I would definitely recommend this movie. I think this movie is great. Um, For me, it probably is my favorite John Waters movie because I think, yeah, I have no interest in Hairspray. I didn't like Crybaby. I do like Pecker quite a bit. Um, And you get to see Bush and that. You get to see Stripper 
pubic hair. Uh, but this, I think, is the best story. I think this is a really good movie. Uh, I love the idea behind it. And there are a lot of super on point things. And uh, it's very funny. I would absolutely recommend this. Sam, would you ever watch Serial Mom again? Yes. Excuse me. Jeez. Ah, so we are done with this podcast. We don't do favorite characters anymore? At least a favorite character? Oh, we were doing that instead, I thought. Oh, I don't Not know. in addition to. Oh, do you okay. have a favorite character that you want to talk about apparently no i just know because then i'd have to think if we replaced it with the other one i'm good yeah we're done so this next episode because as we have said we like the idea of doing a group podcast episode about once a month and um i'm really excited about these group episodes so this next one we are going to have kent and zach return uh, we are going to have Jimmy coming back, Jimmy Rowland, and uh, we should, I don't know if this could possibly change, but Zeke has been here a couple times in the background. He's never actually been on the podcast. He's supposed to be joining us as well. I think it's going to be a fun episode. We are doing the same guideline as before, so we are following the theme of picking three songs total to we like. One we actually don't. The theme for this next episode is going to be a couple of critics. 90s country groups. So we're going to be, we're choosing songs from 90s country groups. And uh, it's going to be fun. Do we want to tell them what my angle is? Sam hates everything. So, yeah. And so, since Sam can't pick two songs he likes, no, he is going to choose three songs that you don't like, but one you hate the most. Right? No, no. I'm choosing three songs that I'm saying that I hate all fucking three of them. Yeah. And you have to find out which one I don't hate. See, I thought that it was going to be that we were going to maybe do that, but I also thought... No, we should that, go one, which one that I hate <laughs> that I hate the least. Okay, which one you hate the because least? Because the whole time I'm gonna be talking mad shit about all fucking three of them. Oh yeah, You'll be unless talking- I go the other angle and I'm like, I'm gonna chuck them out. I love these. <laughs> and then you gotta actually figure out which one I'm. Which one sort you like. like versus the one that we don't. So it's gonna be opposite of us. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. What's up? I was going to say, and then in a month when we do the group episode of everyone's favorite grindcore song, everyone else will have to do the opposite. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. We always appreciate it. Um, And uh, we welcome you to come back. What's up, Sam? Are you ready to say goodbye? I was waiting for your thing to drop. I thought you were trying to go to some audio thing as you were saying goodbye. I am, but I <laughs> it, I didn't have this prepared ahead of time, so sometimes shit happens. But um, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll be Hot back dogs? another time. See willows, dried ones. Thanks, guys. We Aren't love they you. Pretty. Bye. What did you just say, pussy willows, Dottie? <gasps> oh.